Welcome to the Screamcast episode 109, bitches. I'm Sean DeRager, and with so me as violent. always <laughs> is Brad Henderson. You're just coming off as like, just kind of a jerk, Sean. Sorry. Been on vacation for like a week and a half, and then now I'm back to work. So it's a bit, you know, fuck the world. Uh, with us uh, as well, BJ Colangelo. How much Pokemon Go have you all been playing? Because that's the only reason that I'm talking to you both. How much Pokemon Go? Yeah. Um, Are you playing? Well, my kids and I, we all went for a walk yesterday and we caught like five. Amateurs. They, they were super excited. Well, good. But uh, I'm mean, raising I, them right. I drive like five minutes to work and I sit in an office all day, so. Hey, you, you know. can find Pokemon indoors. Uh, there was one at my cubicle once. There you go. Uh, and then I was standing by the window. There's like a gigantic fire by near our work on the mountain. And someone was joking around about Pokemon Go. And I opened up my app and I, and I just screamed out loud, there's one. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. I hope they didn't catch fire. Uh, I, but I, I, he, they like move away sometimes. You'd think there's one. And, and Brad thinks we're nerds. I have That's fine. Is Willow not playing? No, she cool. she has, she has no interest whatsoever. Too cool for school, uh, of course. <laughs> Push out your hipster glasses a little harder over there. Wow, um, no, I'm pretty sure the hipsters are playing. She's she's playing it, and she That's was funny. like, "Hey," because I would like noticed I noticed that the other day, and I was like, "Number one, I didn't even know Pokemon was still a thing." Oh, it's definitely that, still a thing. I thought that shit died out years ago. Um, my son and his friend collect cards still. Yeah, like, remember that one other, that, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! or whatever? I thought that was, like, the same thing, where it just, like, died out. No one really... Nope. And then all of a sudden, the people, that, the people that made fun of everybody from playing Pokemon are playing Pokemon. Isn't that weird? I made... I made... I never made fun of anyone from playing Pokemon. No, no I'm just saying... No, I, I, really I did. I was one of those douchebags. Oh. And now I'm playing fucking Pokemon. I never... Really, I mean, I don't care. I mean, people play it, get some out of the house, get some exercise, make yeah. them happy. I don't give a shit. Oh, my kids at a Some people are finding but, dead bodies, so yeah. you know. I mean, if I got cool to play stuff. and found dead bodies, then that would be different. But I have zero interest in that. It's all Is good. this when uh, they announce that they're going to remake Stand by Me, but it's going to be four kids playing Pokemon Go and they find a dead body? Ooh. Mm. Holy just shit. Give me a million shit. Give me a million up. dollars, Hollywood. I'm brilliant. I appeal to the hip new teens. <laughs> I had a I had an 80s type action dream where I came up with a movie in my dreams. Did you write it down? I did. I I woke up immediately and wrote it down. Um But uh hold on. I'm trying to find trying to find what I wrote about it. Cuz uh I had we're we're camping. We're at this not really camping. We call it glamping because we're at this place called Campland by the Bay in San Diego. And so it's one of those fancy schmancy campgrounds. Yeah, with bathrooms. Kinda, yeah, bathrooms and showers. But I, 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 you know, I was playing it rugged. I showered in the camper. <laughs> Watch Whoa! Out. Watch. Dang, out. you like Whoa. you went out. That's like the outdoors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
but the kids had a blast, and that's all that matters. We were right by the beach, so it was cool. Um, but no, I, I, this one night, I bought a tall boy of Budweiser and Clamato Picante. That makes me want to throw up. And uh, it's like a mochilada, mochilada, mochilada. I don't know. Uh, those of you who are from Mexico or uh, enjoy uh, Mexican cuisine could probably tell me how to pronounce that. Mochilada, tomato that, juice. And, you're you're butchering and, a and heritage. Beer. Just just totally. Yeah. Well, I don't think Budweiser, Clamato, Picante is <laughs> concerned about Mexican Mexican heritage either. But I felt like a total white trash drinking it. But um, but that night. Jesus. I had the craziest dream. I had a dream. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yes. Perfect. Uh oh. Is Noah saying he wants to watch The Wire? (laughs) His brother called him a liar. Oh, shit. Cool. I bet you won't hit him, Noah. I bet you won't hit him. It's a bad word. Yeah, so is fuck, Noah. Can you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Your wife would kill us. That's awesome. Hey, hold on one second. Let me get this kid back to bed. Hold on. No, no, no food. I'll be right, I'll, I'll be right back food. and continue the story. He wants some food. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Shonda Rager starves his children. <laughs> That joke would have been way funnier had I not stumbled on basic third grade words. <laughs> but no, it would be funny if Noah said in the background, you haven't fed me tonight, Daddy. Uh. He never feeds us. Can you change the pillow in the closet? <laughs> Can I even have a pillow tonight? We find out this whole time that Sean's been keeping his kids under the staircase like they're Harry Potter or Carrie White. They're, like, interchangeable. All four of them in one staircase room. Four. Three. I forgot how to count. No, I'm I'm saying once you have more than one kid, you might as well have 20. That's what it's equivalent to. Yeah, that's very true. So, kids, so much fun. Not really. I'm so glad how, that I don't have them. <laughs> it's going pretty well. I got back from L.A. yesterday. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're having our own conversation now. Oh, okay. So. Damn it. Yep. All right. You missed it. So I'm back. <laughs> All so, right. So tell us your anyway, okay, action so... dream story. It's taking fucking forever now. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's 80s era Arnold Schwarzenegger, 80s era Kurt Russell, and 90s era Richard Riley, the guy from Office Space who gets hit by the car. Yeah. Uh, So basically the setup was two ex-Marines, Schwarzenegger and Russell, uh, somehow get wrapped up in a terrorist plot that takes over a a gigantic hardware warehouse distribution center with the help of the bumbling warehouse manager, Riley. They alone must take down the terrorists before the terrorists can take down the city. That was my dream. Huh. It was awesome. now, to, to be fair, isn't like to me Arnold Schwarzenegger has always been like eighty Schwarzenegger. 80s are, <laughs> yeah, like no matter that. like even like do you like, think it could still like is still could it be relevant because uh, all three no, of them are still active. no no I know that but I'm saying like it, like I don't know if Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't know any other way <laughs> like other than probably Maggie the zombie movie. Like right. he's been like Arnold Schwarzenegger eighties, like like the Red Heat, 
you know, type of uh, in Commando. Basically, Commando is like his definitive role yeah. because he took that role of John Matrix and then spread it across every fucking action movie he was ever in. Yeah. So and he has like, that Art Arnold Schwarzenegger stare. That's all he does. Yeah. Like, you know that saying, that uh, quote from Tropic Thunder where he says, I don't break character till I've done the DVD commentary? A lot of his movies just haven't hit DVD, apparently, because he has not checked out. Uh, nah, he's he's he's. I mean, but he, he's fun. He's he's a fun actor because he doesn't try to go above and beyond. So yeah, I think he would be great for this role. Who's the other one? Uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, Kurt Russell's good in anything. So I, w- yeah, I, I was woke say, up. I'd watch Kurt Russell in literally anything. Can we I get wo- breakdown on Blu-ray? Is breakdown on Blu-ray yet? Isn't this a crime? That needs to happen. Like, we have Black Dog on Blu-ray with Patrick Swayze, but we don't have Breakdown. It's a crime. You know Agreed. what else we don't have? We don't have fucking Firestorm with Howie Long, and I'm sure a lot of people don't remember that movie. Just to speak of Black Dog. If we have Black Dog <laughs> on Blu-ray, we should have Firestorm. <laughs> Just saying. I agree. Well, anyway, I woke up from that dream, and I immediately wrote, like, opened up my notes app, and uh, I'm getting kisses for my daughter now. Okay, good night, everybody. Go. Okay. Wow. Everyone's just coming on in. Come on in, everybody. Let's all let's do a podcast. Everybody. Daddy doesn't give us kisses. Right. Good night. Go. Good night. Take down uh, the patriarchy. Bye. <laughs> she just got back from ballet. Um, Even more reason to take down the patriarchy. Bye. Yeah, totally. So I jotted that down, and uh, it was awesome. Anyway, how did we get on that? I, I forget. We, I don't we know. You've been, to, uh, you've been telling this story for like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh it, you know, I don't know. It'll be edited down by the time. No, no, leave it all so people know like how professional this actually okay. is. Okay. How, how much work <laughs> was there? Did, did you and BJ launch into a conversation as I left? We tried, but we got oh, brutally we, interrupted. We sure God did. damn it! Do you guys <laughs> want to continue that conversation, BJ? You were in LA. I was in LA, and that's exactly what you interrupted. Okay, um, let's let's hear it, and yeah, then we'll jump I into was... what's on the doorstep. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, I was in uh, LA this past weekend. Uh, for a couple of reasons, uh, I got to meet up with some of my friends and coworkers from Blumhouse and Icons of Fright and all that, you know, cool writing noise. But that was really surreal for me because they're people that I've talked to every day for, you know, five plus years, but I've never actually met in person. So that was really exciting. And I am pretty sure that I smashed Rob Galuzzo with hugs. I just, I couldn't help it. It was. <laughs> So awesome to finally meet all those people. Um, did a little bit of, you know, touristy stuff. I went and saw the, the Elm Street house like you do. But the main reason that I was in Los Angeles is that, uh, Jerry Smith, who is the editor in chief of Icons of Fright and a dear friend of mine was directing his, uh, first short film. It's called Love is Dead. And I went out there to act as his first AD and, you know, kind of like line producing more so just, keeping shit in line and keeping everyone on task. Uh, and, uh, you know, my boyfriend, Zach, was shooting it and um, our production company produced it. But the big news was uh, originally when Jerry did kind of the crowdfunding thing for this film, it was slated to star Aaron Thompson, a.k.a. Small Hands, who is an adult film star, and Tristan Risk. But because of some complications with, you know, flying somebody from Canada into the States to do a film and all the legalities that go with that. Uh, We unfortunately had to recast 
But luckily, um, AVN Hall of Famer Joanna Angel of Burning Angel Productions happily stepped into the role. And, oh my god, you guys, she's incredible. In-fucking-credible. And that is a 100% completely unbiased look at somebody. I've never been more captivated watching somebody just give it their all in a film before. She just she's she's remarkable and i really hope that people see this and you know want to work with her in the future um for non-pornographic roles i mean sasha gray made the jump uh joanna can make the jump she's she's wonderful so it was a great experience i had a total blast and of course when it comes out you know you guys will get to see it and then you can tell everyone whether or not we suck at what we do but uh i'll be honest i'll just be honest with it well obviously (laughs) No shit, I'd hope so. <laughs> um, but it was it was a total blast. I love Los Angeles, and you know it pained me to get off the plane in Cleveland and know that we're prepping for the RNC next week. And uh, like the first thing I see when I get out of the gate is uh, oh, a clothing stand with shirts on it that say "Republicans versus everybody." It was like, oh fuck, uh, why did I get off this plane? You need to go why to the RNC and uh, distribute porn to everyone there because apparently it's. You know, pornography is part of the uh, downfall of civilization or some. Or well, there is going to be a nude art exhibit that's going up as nice. a form of like protest, like this photographer's coming in and I think he's shooting something like 500 naked people um, like right outside the RNC, got his Amazing. permit and everything. It's going to be really cool. But awesome. yeah, I work in kind of the heart of downtown Cleveland and we've already started getting all of our warnings of you know traffic's gonna be terrible leave for work two hours early just you know what you do is somehow, be a nightmare. somehow find that playboy with uh donald trump on the cover and just start passing that out oh my god that's a great idea i don't know if they can reproduce really it that idea. fast but uh at least at least the the cover i can just get the cover i mean i do work at a printing company just oh my god that's oh, you're why are you such a bad influence you're supposed to be the dad <laughs> God. Hey, look, kids, uh, see, see that? That's authority. Fuck authority. And then we, you know, play some punk rock and. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah, we, t- today we are talking about <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome's May package. They do not have a June package, uh, but they are getting ready to release their July package. I'll talk about anyone packages in Vinegar Syndrome's packages. Everyone. <laughs> so today we'll be talking Psychic Killer and uh, Ru- Ru- Rudy Ray Moore's The Human Tornado, as well as these two uh, Picarama DVDs that were part of that. Probably pick your Picarama, but whatever. <sighs> What'd I say? Picarama. Peak, it's Picarama. Have you, have you looked at the Picarama DVD? Picarama. Is it Picarama? Peak, is this tomato? This is a tomato tomato bullshit. Um, uh, and one is right. <laughs> he's wrong. He's he's looking at the thirty movies, Brad. Just let him have his thirty movies. <laughs> okay. Hey, do you have any thirty movies, Sean? <laughs> I got a few. Got a few. We'll be giving them away too today. Does your video store have a back room? Asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, I remember that old video store in Garner, Iowa. They had the. Uh, porn closet black a black uh curtain basically curtained it off oh it's always it's always a black curtain or it's some like psychedelic beads yeah every time so we'll be giving away my uh big old box of porn these two peak around peak orama 
There you go. DVDs will be a part of that. There um, you go, Sean. You're so, doing such a good job on the podcast. <laughs> we got about 20, uh, 20 emails to read, so we need to we need to get going on this, uh, get through this show. But uh, thank you for all of you who participated. The emails were fantastic. I can't wait to share them with everyone. But first, we need to jump into what's on our doorstep. Holy cow. I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Um, I'll go first. I only have go one. And uh, I saw this movie in Los Angeles at the Bigfoot Lodge, which is kind of a like a cabin-themed bar that plays punk rock music. Mm-hmm. But in the back of the bar, they had a movie projecting on the screen. And there's no sound, obviously, because it's in a bar. But it was this weird, like, 70s sexual witch movie that I had never seen before. And all the people I was there with are all film people. So we tracked down the bartender. We're like, what the fuck is this movie? (laughs) Um, And it is a movie called Black Magic Rites. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I have no idea how this movie went past me, but it is like a crazy... It's it's like so 70s, but it's... um, It's on Blu-ray. I think Kino put that out or something. Well, I don't have the Blu-ray, but I tracked down... Um, like I, I bought it online and, you know, pirate it, but I bought it so I could watch it and it's <laughs> bonkers. It reminds me of like the Ken Russell stuff. It's just, it's so weird and great, but it's about, um, a group of people that are sacrificing, um, women to resurrect the spirit of a ghost that was burnt or ghost, a witch that was burned at the stake 400 years prior, but it's just nothing but like, really psychedelic cinematography and titties. It's the best. It's so good. Um, yeah, I loved it. And, you know, shout out to, to the Bigfoot Lodge for showing weirdo movies in the back and making me track them down. But I highly recommend uh, that. Did you ever see delirium? Yes. And it's by the same director. Oh, that makes a lot of sense now. See, this is why I keep you around because I'm really bad at, he also Director. did a, um, a Giallo film called Cold Eyes of Fear. Hmm. How do you know all yeah. this shit? How does all this shit stay in your brain, Brad? That's <laughs> well, because I really like Black, <laughs> I like Black Magic Rights. Redemption put out uh, Cold Eyes of Fear and uh, Black Black Magic Rights. Cool. And they're cool. on Blu-ray. Yeah. And then Delirium yeah, is by Blue Underground, I think. I'm definitely going to track down pretty much everything that director's done because it was... Oh, Cold oh, Eyes of Fear is so fucking cool. great. The Delirium is really good too. If you, I like, yeah, it. I like Delirium. Um, what's Cold Eyes of Fear about? I haven't seen that one or heard of it's, it. It's it's a black look killer movie. That's all. Oh, it's just yes. it's just it's just <laughs> cinematography and shit like that, and like hypersexualized. If that's what you say, hypersexualized. Yeah, yeah. hypersexualized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's just really. I mean, it's just that. I mean, it's your kind of you know, general, uh, you know, giallo kind of esque film. It's just, I don't know. He has a very, it's like, I forget his name though. It's like Renidi, Renidi, something like that. It sounds, it looked super Italian or Spanish. I couldn't tell. Yeah. I can't remember like Ronaldo or something like that. Well, anyways, he, yeah, he's, he's had some pretty great movies. He has more than that. I'm trying to remember. 
some more, but none are coming to mind. But yeah, he's a he's a pretty fucking good director. Sweet. I know I've I know I've seen more of his uh uh more of his filmography, but I honestly I'm just drawing a blank. Cool. But anyways, yeah, it's a really good movie. I really suggest picking that up on Blu-ray. It looks really fucking good on uh, yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, I, Cold, Am- I think Cold, I think Cold Eyes of Fear though is out of print though on. Well, uh, damn it. On Blu-ray though. Um, I'm checking that right now. But anyways, go ahead. Right on. No, that was Anything it. Else? That's all I've seen. I um, and then I watched uh the Netflix show Eastsiders, but that has nothing to do with horror. But it is a uh, it's a queer web series that got picked up by Netflix. Um, and I really enjoy it. They're all 10 minute episodes too, since it was a web series. So it's a very quick watch. So if you're interested in any sort of, uh, you know, queer cinema, I highly recommend these ciders. And that's all I have because I was making my own mm-hmm. movie. I, uh, I don't really have anything horror related at all, but, uh, just want to give a shout out the the documentary 1977 documentary Pumping Iron with Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno is on Netflix and if you've never seen it it's pretty pretty damn great. Hmm. Um, I love seeing young Schwarzenegger. You're all about Schwarzenegger tonight. I, I don't know. I that's why I watched it because I had that dream. So then I was through Netflix. I saw that. And I was like, oh shit! I've never seen Pumping Iron. I've heard of it. So if you want to watch a bunch of you know roided out bodybuilders, just uh grunting and sweating and oiling up then uh it's funny seeing a young Lou Ferrigno too because uh he's like he's like 24 years old and there's uh a scene where he's like he's always training with his dad and he just looks like it's just like dude you got to lose the dad <laughs> you know? and at one point his voice cracks and he's, he's doing this he wants to beat Schwarzenegger and he's like I'm gonna beat him and that's exactly how he said it <laughs> so <laughs> Anyway, really funny. I just, like, really I funny. just like hearing you say that. I'm gonna bait him. <laughs> That's exactly how you have, what he, uh, how he said it. I have a good Lou Fregno story after you're done. Okay. Uh, and then I saw Batman v Superman director's cut or ultimate cut or whatever the hell. And, uh, I think it flows better from what I've read about the theatrical cut, but it's still a, a you know, if you didn't like the dourness of it and the super seriousness of it, with the like ten minutes of uh, crazy comic book movie awesome action, um, then you probably still won't like it. But I had fun with it, and but I think uh, Wonder Woman stole the whole movie away from everyone involved. Her her bit was awesome when she started fighting Doomsday. Well, I couldn't stand that movie. I have to rewatch the fourth it's, ultimate cut. Whenever, but man, that movie it's fucking. Is awful. It's a three hour commitment to rewatch it. So if you, I mean, I'm always like, look, if you didn't like it in the first place, maybe, I don't know, maybe there were some critics saying they're like, it's a whole different movie. It's incredible. And I was like, I don't think it's, it's a, a good movie still. This isn't like a kingdom of heaven where, uh, where that, that movie was totally saved by the director's cut. Um, it flows better. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg still sucks, still sucks. Um, yeah. there's bat, Ben Affleck's not that good of a, of a Bruce Wayne. He's not that good of at serious acting in, in in this role. I don't know. He's pulled some stuff off, but he seems very flat. My wife kept saying, like, here comes Benny Boy playing dress up whenever <laughs> Batman would come out. 
But I don't know. Um, what I want, why I wanted to mention it though, was Voodoo is starting to do uh, digital and disc options. So for nineteen ninety nine, I was able to get this. This is cheaper than Amazon uh, was selling it for, and I was going to buy the Blu Ray anyway, just because I want all the special features and I, I like where they're going with uh, into Justice League and all that kind of stuff. I think this is a stepping stone movie. Doesn't really hold up on its own, but. But you can pay nineteen ninety nine on some of these movies that are released early digital, and then when on the when the release date rolls around, they'll send you the Blu ray, which is a pretty fantastic uh, deal. They did that with Green Room, so I got that a week early. But then I went on vacation; I couldn't watch it. But I should have the Blu ray arriving at some point. It came out today as we're recording this, yeah. but it's pretty cool option that they're doing. I think they did it, they've done it for one of the movies. So that's something to keep an eye on with Voodoo.com. If, uh, if you, it's kind of like the best of both worlds, since, since they all start releasing digital early, uh, if they have the digital slash disc option, it's not any more expensive. And, uh, just keep, keep an eye out for that. That's also, RIP Anton Yelchin, speaking of, uh, oh, God damn room, it. yeah, I forgot that that happened, uh, what the fuck? Since the last time we recorded, that's just yeah. such a shame. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I, it was almost like it had to be, an, it was so, such an odd way for him to go. No pun intended. Um, odd Thomas, you know, but, um, it was such a, like, it's you crazy. You only think about that. Huh? So you're the only one that would think Probably. about that. Uh, yeah, I didn't catch that at uh, all. You know, but it's such a weird way for him, for him to go to. It seemed like a hoax and it's just one of those things. It's like, apparently the, the Jeep Cherokee that he had had a faulty parking brake or something. And I guess, there was a recall out for the, these cars and he had either hadn't got the, uh, notice or hadn't taken it in yet or, or whatever. And it sounds like he just went to check the mail, parked the car in the steep driveway, went down towards the mailbox and it must have ran, you know, parking brake must have come off. It's crazy. And, uh, yeah, he's such a young, such a young talent. Like he, he, he's one of those actors that got better and better with each role. And, uh, I love, I, he, he always had an energy to him in, in any movie he, he was in, even though, even if the movie wasn't that good, he was always good in it. So, yes, it's a, it's a shame. Yeah. yeah Green Room's great. Watch it. I'll be watching that this weekend for sure. It's on the, it's on the agenda. One of the best movies of the year. So here. All right, Brad, what you got? Uh, number first, I need to start with, um, I made a mistake. His name is Renato Pulsolini, Pulselli, Pulselli, and um, Enzo Castellari did Cold Eyes of Fear. Um, oh, so I made a mistake. Okay. Um, Cold Eyes of Fear is not out of print. It's available on Blu-ray. Still a great movie, but I'm getting a movie confused with something else because Cold Eyes of Fear is not really a Giallo mm-hmm. film because that's the Cold Eyes of Fear that I was thinking about because I looked at it. I was like, that's the movie where. Um, like the gunman's in the house and shit and like kidnaps like the the husband and wife. So I don't know what movie I'm talking about where he did a giallo, but he did do delirium. And of course he did uh black magic rights. So anyways, I just correcting my mistake. So I am not uh IMDB. Um <laughs> but anyways, um yeah, pick both pick all all those movies up. Every Enzo Castellari film because he's he's the one of kind. Um, so I got a little bit on my doorstep, not a whole lot. Um, I got around to watching, uh, J- Jacob Gentry's Synchronicity, which I was super pumped about, uh, about seeing. Oh, yeah. Um, I 
did see this movie like two years ago. Um, I saw a rough cut of it um, because I'm a pretty big AJ Bowen fan and have been compared to AJ quite a bit as looks go because we're both pretty good looking. Um, so I got to see uh, see it. I think Jacob Gentry's kind of an amazing talent. He's got a great eye. I agree um, completely. You know, he's got synchronicity looks fucking fantastic. I don't know what the but Sean synchronicity synchronicity is right up your alley because it's like yeah, super right here. It's like super sci-fi, like time travel and shit. It it's cool. It didn't grab me though. I, I finally got to see this final cut on Blu-ray that Magnet put out. I wasn't a hundred percent on board. I feel that the movie does take a different toll in such kind of a love story. Um kind of thriller rather than kind of the time travel uh, aspect. Um, but I, I can't like, I want to see Jake. I can't imagine Jacob Gentry with a big budget, like what his movie would look like. Cause I mean, everything from, you know, uh, the signal to, um, you know, his, uh, uh, you know, even his like trilogy that he did for M for MTV, my, the slasher films that he did. Uh, my super sweet psycho sixteen or whatever it's called. Like yeah, those... super psycho sweet sixteen is so underappreciated. Yeah, like it the first so one's good. really good. I mean, they do kind of progressively get a little kind of goofy, but the very first slasher that he did was fucking pretty cool for MTV. You know, but I mean, the movie looks good. Uh, costumes are great. Um, you know, he's he's just a great cinematographer, and synchronicity looks fucking fantastic. Um, the sets that are designed, it looks like a billion dollar movie. It's just really cheap and independent. I mean, like, I mean, you're thinking that you're watching something from the eighties, like, you know, in the same world as Blade Runner with this shit going on, but it's just, it's just a very small little indie about time travel. Um, but it kind of goes with the love story, uh, side that I, I said before. Um, so definitely check it out. Jacob Gentry is definitely a, a talent. Um, uh, I thought this was a pretty creative flick. It just didn't catch me. Uh, hopefully it catches you. Yeah, it's on, it's on Netflix. So I was going to be checking it out for sure. So, um, we have up next was Arrow's, um, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Ooh. Um, which <laughs> I've always been a big, big fan of the whole entire series, even Killer Tomatoes Eat France. Uh, Killer Tomatoes Strike Back, the animated series. Um, I just kind of like the whole attitude that John DeBello has on these movies where he's completely cool with just having fun and um, kind of escalating it each time. Um, I know that a lot of people kind of don't really care for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes because of the comedy, but to me, the comedy is brilliant. Um it's just it's very it has all types it's very smart it has toilet humor it it has everything with return of the killer tomatoes they just wanted to amplify that by 3 and <laughs> fucking you know get fucking george clooney who steals the show Holy shit, the george whole entire... clooney's in this yeah he's oh one of the, yeah <laughs> he's one of the, he's basically the co-star he's like basically one of the leads wow George Clooney is one of the funniest motherfuckers in the movie. Um, not to spoil anything, but if you haven't seen Return of the Killer Tomatoes, you need to watch it. But this one, this isn't really a spoiler. Halfway through the movie, they basically shut down. They're like, all right, cut. 
we don't have enough money to finish this movie. And the camera turns to like the cast and crew and the director and they're like, we're done. And then George Clooney like comes out. He's like, come on guys. Look, look, this is the, this is the eighties. He's like, how about if we do product placement? And so they go into another scene of just product placement. Holy shit. Wayne's world totally stole that. Yeah. I mean, it's very much Wayne's world type (laughs) thing, but they're actually doing it for funds for the movie because they're like, all right, here, here we have, you know, they have a whole scene where he's like, oh, man, I'm thirsty. He's like, how about a Milwaukee's best? You know, and he's like, oh, I'm hungry. And he's like, how about a crunch bar? <laughs> and so they keep doing it. And then finally they're like, oh, we have enough money. But George Clooney keeps up the act for a good portion of the movie where he keeps doing it. And it's just, it's hysterical. I, the whole entire movie is goofy. It, um, it takes a lot of the old actors and characters and brings them in and carries them over, you know, from Finn letter to, um, you know, kind of his, uh, sidekicks, the, you know, the guy that does the disguises, the underwater person. Um, you know, I just think it's an all around fun movie and also kind of cool for kids too. Uh, the second one kind of has some sexual stuff going on, but for the most part, I don't know. I think, having your kids kind of watch these movies. Um, I don't know. They're silly. I don't know. I, they always got me. Were you ever a fan of attack of the killer tomato, Sean? Like the very first one, oh, I, I, the first one's great. I mean, I, yeah. I, it's been forever since I've seen it. I'm kicking myself for not getting the DVD cause it's out of print now. And every time someone has it, it's goddamn expensive. You should have told me I sold mine like the other day. Damn you. Um, I, cause it's on voodoo. Oliva this weekend. Is it on voodoo? Yeah, it's on okay. Voodoo. That's the oh, reason okay. why. I, well, because if it's on Voodoo. Somebody, I'll, just, I'll just grab it. I sold it for comes out. a good amount of money. So, I know, like, whatever. I know. You know? Good for you, man. No, no I'll, I'll get it on Voodoo if it's there. It's like Rhino, Rhino put that out or something yeah. like that. Someone so, will do it on Blu ray soon. Yeah. Maybe I imagine. will or somebody. Well, let's hope not. Um, <laughs> uh, but the transfer, everything looks great from Arrow. They, um, I love when they pick movies that I love. It's even better because I enjoy it on a totally different level. Um, so definitely pick up Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Um, what else did I see? I think I think that's it for that. Have you seen the other ones? Yet? No. Um, Damn it. The other ones that I saw. Uh, this just came out. I believe it just came out on Blu-ray. It's. Uh, I think it's on Netflix as well. Um, it's, uh, Karen, uh, Kusama's, uh, imitation, which oh, I've yeah. spoke about a couple times on the show already. Um, I saw this at South by Southwest 2015. Um, and it played at actually Fantastic Fest 2015. Um, it's been on Voodoo for quite some time, but it just came out on Blu-ray. This is, um, if it wasn't for Green Room, this would have been my number one movie of last year. Um, this is the type of shit that I love because I love slow burns and when they're executed as well as something like this, I, I can't speak more highly of a film of this caliber to have such good characterization and getting to know everybody and giving so much exposition but at the same time, giving the sense of dread that the film starts off with. I mean, because as soon as you're at this dinner party and you meet basically Logan Marshall Green, a.k.a. Tom Hardy, um, 
you put him in this and you're like, you know, he's, he's, he's driving to the dinner party. He gets in the car. I mean, he, he gets in the car, drives to the dinner party and then he gets to the dinner party and you're like, man, something is fucking wrong. Like something's not right about this movie. And you figure it out fairly quickly because they let it be known like, hey, this is what's happening. But then you have the character be like, no, this isn't fucking like something's wrong and we need to do something about it. And you're like, but nothing's really happened. Nothing's wrong, Tom Hardy. It's cool. He dude, Logan Marshall Green looks exactly like Tom Hardy. It's fucking crazy. So it's like Tom Hardy, just fucking calm down. Um, But. It's it just makes it's like watching the movie. It's like you light a stick of dynamite and you close your eyes and you're just waiting for that shit to explode. And you don't know when it's going to. And that's what like watching the movies like you're watching it and you're like, fuck, something's going to happen. Is it going to happen here? Is it going to happen here? And it's just edge of your seat the whole entire time. And once it's executed, oh, my God, it's so fucking good. The whole movie is fucking brilliant. I, I've I've yet to see too many films that have that sense of dread to make you anxious through its entirety. Not too many films can do that. Um, and I, I get really sick and tired of hearing, well, nothing happens. Dude, underlying that movie, a lot of shit is fucking happening. And it is fucking scary. Um, so I dig that quite a bit. Um, so pick it up, Blu-ray, Netflix, whatever you want to watch it. Uh, Karen, uh, Kasama's done some fucking great movies. She did Girl Fight. Um, she did, uh, what was that last movie she did? Fuck. My human IDB. Jennifer's I Body, am. man. Yeah, Jennifer's Body. Which Come on! I'm dumb. Why didn't I think of that? Um, <laughs> alright, so next up, I think this is my last one until we get to the um, other shit. Um, I picked up um, Arrow's uh, Satan's Blade, which I could compare to um, Olive's Blu-ray, but I got rid of Olive's Blu-ray because this was coming <laughs> out. Because honestly, like a slasher video is awesome that they put the movies out, but I can go blindly in that knowing that arrows blu-ray is going to be better well the framing was off on the olive one for sure because you kept seeing the boom mic well that's cool i like that they did that <laughs> but but you know what arrow did they have both versions did the boom mic version of this one too yeah they have um the the one uh 85 and then they have the four three huh, okay like i was like how fucking cool is that shit if you want to watch a movie that doesn't have that shit because the director claims that there's no continuity problems in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> Dude, in the interview, he says, I wanted to make sure that my film didn't have continuity issues like Star Wars. <laughs> 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 and I was like, dude, that is so good. So anyways, um, the I, I really have always liked Satan's Blade. Uh, watching it again. I, I've seen this movie like three times this year. We did a um, show on it for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, we did a show on it. So I won't spend too much long. You should listen to that episode. But, um, you know, with something so small like this where there's not a lot of – there wouldn't be a lot of special features uh, because mainly they get the director. The director did his own scan of the movie, so that's what you see, which is uh, pretty fucking cool. Um, it, it's basically the same transfer – 
the four by three is the same transfer as all of, but um, they actually present this in the 185, which is a lot better um, because you don't get all the goofy boomite shit and everything like that. Um, there's two interviews on on this Blu-ray, which you said the one. There's one with this guy that's wearing like flames on his shirt. He's like <laughs> named like Jimmy Pop or something like yeah, that. Not Jim, not not Bloodhound Gang Jimmy Pop. I don't know. That name just popped in my head. But um, a really awful interview. Like the most common question is like, what was it like working with your cast and crew? I don't, dude. Do you know anything about this movie? This is fucking Friends. Like they never did any other movies. Like what the fuck? What ca- what kind of camera did you use? Um really awful interviews uh for the most part but hilariously painful because the director never looks at the camera and one interview is like fucking 45 minutes long and i don't know if his grandson that's probably seven years old is operating the camera (laughs) like the focus like everything's zoomed in like everything's out of focus number one um Whenever he's showing something, the camera zooms in like super up close to it to the point where you can't even see it. And the whole interview, even when the camera is, you know, pulls back, all you see is his tummy the whole entire uh, interview because he's standing. And instead of having thing pre- everything prepped out or prepped and like out and laying about so he can pick it up, he has like everything sealed. So he's like opening packages, showing <laughs> his like old posters of the movie, showing the tapes um, and basically saying the same stuff he said in the other interview. It's kind of it's hilariously painful and very entertaining if you can stomach kind of the goofiness uh, of it. But um, definitely a fun slasher film. If you've never seen it, I suggest picking. If you want to pick up the Olive Move uh, uh, edition, that's fine. Just watch it. It's a lot of fun. So um, that's pretty much it, man. That's all nice. I. That's all I have. All right, we'll be talking about Vinegar Syndrome's May package in just a little bit, and then we'll be having our Sean's big box of porn drawing. Can't wait to get some to some of these emails. Um, but first. We need to jump into the news with Josh Obershaw. What's up, man? It's good. It's good to be back. Awesome. It's been a long time. Yep, we keep uh, we keep taking breaks, but that's okay. Yeah, because we got a lot of news to cover, so it's gonna <laughs> be a, it's gonna be an interesting segment for sure. All right, man. It's all you. Right. Let's get down to it. Um, for those of you who uh, missed out on that uh, collector's edition of Tenebrae that Synapse put out earlier this year, well, they are going to be releasing a single disc version. It's pretty much going to be the same. It's going to have a lot of the same bonus features, if not all of the same bonus features. Um, the single disc version, according to Synapse, uh, does not come in the collectible steelbook packaging. Uh, they're not dual format, and they d- it will not contain the CD soundtrack or the collectible booklet. But it's pretty much the same thing. If you're just looking for the movie, here's your chance to get the movie in high definition. So that's Tin and Bray, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want the main reason why I want the Synapse disc is because it has that um, that documentary about uh, about Giallo. So that's the main reason why I wanted it. But I didn't want to pay like forty bucks, you know, because I already have the Arrow <laughs> release. Exactly. So, it's nice that they did that. They did the same thing with 
with demons, but they didn't bring in over all the special features on demons. It was just like, I don't think they did. It was just pretty much bare bones for demons one and two. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I had bought the arrow version of demons one and two anyway, so I just wanted the better picture. So it all worked out. It, it seems like they do this when they do these crazy collectible things that are a little bit pricier. Uh, people who can afford it and, and want to get it do, they're happy, but people, uh, you know, I guarantee you they'll, you know, give it a few months, they'll, they'll announce, you know, the standalone kind of budget <laughs> version. It seems, it seems to be the pattern. Yeah, hopefully it becomes more of a trend. Yeah, so nobody needs to really complain and whine if they can't afford a, a $50 steelbook. Um, I was one of those whiners and complainers, so. <laughs> Uh, well, that uh, that feature-length documentary on Giallo is going to be on this Blu-ray. Just want to make that clear for everybody out awesome. there. Uh, next up, uh, all of films and slasher video are teaming up again, and this time it's for the 1987 film Man Killers, which is from uh, <laughs> from the director of Deadly Prey and a Killer Workout. That dude's name is uh, David A. Pryor. And let's see, the only bonus feature that was listed was op, uh, optional English subtitles. And when is that coming out again? September 13th. So, um, if you're a fan of, uh, <laughs> if you were a fan of those, um, uh, films that came out on Blu-ray from Slasher Video, you know, Deadly Prey, Killer Workout, this would be right up your alley. So that takes care of that. And, Oh, so uh, this is going to be the point of time in the summer where uh, companies are going to be uh, revealing information on all of their October titles because, you know, October is the big month when it comes to horror. So, um, hell yeah. Yep. So the first one that I want to get to is we've got details on Blue Underground's three disc limited edition of Lucio Fulci's Manhattan Baby. And this is God, definitely I'm so one. Excited for this one. Oh, so am I. Um, what do we got? <laughs> we got a brand new uh, 2K high definition transfer from the original uncensored camera negative. We have Fulci and I interview with composer Fabio Fritzi. We've got For the Birds an interview with star Cosimo Sinieri. Hope I said that right. 25 years of Fulci an interview with makeup effects artist Maurizio Trani. Beyond the Living Dead, an interview with co-writer Dardano Sacchetti. Uh, Stephen Thrower on Man, uh, Manhattan Baby. It's an interview with the author of Beyond Terror, the films of Lucio Fulci. He was also a guest on Screamcast some time ago. Manhattan Baby Swede. This is a live studio performance by Fabio Fritzi. Excellent. Got theatrical trailer, poster, and still getting a this collectible booklet featuring new writing, writing from author Troy Worth and a bonus C, the Manhattan Baby soundtrack by Fabio Fritzi. And this one is going to be coming out on. Where is it? <laughs> uh, I believe that is going to be October 25th. So, yeah, just in time for Halloween. So, keep an eye out for that one. Pretty sure Blue Underground will eventually make a regular version of that too since we're you know we were talking uh, about Santa Fe. 
I don't I don't know. They generally don't do that, but it's good. this is going to be a decent price. So if you want, it's probably going to you know you're going to be able to grab it. It won't be some inflated price. So I don't think Blue Underground does the re-releases like standalone, like a, like a, something that Grindhouse releasing would do. That's exactly what I was. That's what I was thinking. There's going to be more like uh, more. Because Grindhouse stuff is it's it's pretty good price. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to keep an eye for that one. So and maybe October 25th. So in the interim, while we're on vacation, uh, Stream Factory, well, Shout Factory in general, just uh, dropped a bunch of um, dropped a bunch of titles. <laughs> And also a few um, few updates as well. So where to start? Well, why don't we start with uh, Shout Select? Their first release is going to be, um, as we mentioned before, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the Eighth Dimension. This one is going to be coming out on August sixteenth. And so the final list of extras for this, we've got a uh, a new two hour retrospective documentary entitled Into the Eighth Dimension, and includes brand new interviews with the cast and the crew. Wow. Uh, new audio commentary with Michael and Denise Okuda. Plus, we got an audio commentary with director W.D. Richter and writer Earl Mac Rauch. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai declassified featurette. Some deleted scenes, including the alternate opening with Jamie Lee Curtis. New jet car trailer and a theatrical trailer. So, Buckaroo Banzai, Blu-ray, August 16th. Now we're moving on to Scream. Sweet. Now we're moving on to Scream Factory. This is where things are going to get good. And we've got a couple of updates on titles that were announced earlier. The first one is going to be Session 9. This one's also coming out on uh, August 16th. And the bonus features are Return to Danvers, The Seekers of Session 9, featuring interviews with director, co-writer Brad Anderson, actor, co-writer Stephen... Uh, on Hope I said that one right. If I didn't, apologies. Actors Josh Lucas, Brendan Sexton III, Larry Fezzedin, composers The Climax Golden Twins, and director of photography Uta Breswitz. Plus, we got a new episode of Horror's Hallowed Grounds revisiting the locations of Session 9. An audio commentary with Brad Anderson and uh, Stephen Gevedon. Deleted scenes and alternate ending with optional commentary by director Brad Anderson. Story to screen featurette. The Haunted Palace featurette. And a theatrical trailer. And next up is going to be Hell Hall, which is coming out the 26th of this month. And this one only has a couple of um, couple of bonus features. There's a new interview with actress uh, Mary Warnoff and the original theatrical trailer. So... That's kind of it for Hell. Oh, I'm hoping that there would be a little bit more to this, considering what this title went. Well, I think with, yeah, well, I think with all, we're just lucky to even be getting it <laughs> with everything they've gone through. I guess at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll take what I can get. So that's it for those two, and we're gonna be moving on. Now here's where it gets really, really good. Screen Factory and NECA, the uh, toy company NECA, are teaming up for a deluxe limited edition of Child's Play. This one is going to have a lot of features on it. Uh, we're going to get a 2K scan of the inner positive, 
a new audio commentary with director Tom Holland, plus the audio commentary with Alex Vincent, Catherine Hicks, and Chucky designer Kevin Yeager. Uh, audio commentary with producer Dave Kirshner and uh, screenwriter Don Mancini. We've got uh, select scene Chucky commentaries. Uh, Evil comes in small packages. This one features interviews with Don Mancini, David Kirshner, John Lafia, Chris Sarandon, Brad, Brad Dourif, Catherine Hicks, Alex Vincent, and Kevin Yeager. Chucky building a nightmare featuring Kevin Yeager. A monster convention. And featuring Catherine Hicks, Alex Vincent, and Chris Sarandon. Introducing Chucky, the making of Child's Play, a vintage featurette that's going to be about six minutes. The Decade of Darkness. This is the featurette on 80s horror films, which I believe is also on the Return of the Living Dead Collector's Edition. And we also have original theatrical trailer, still photo galleries, and it's going to have a reversible wrap with the new art, of course. And um, this is also going to be one of those offers where you can get the regular collector's edition but if you get the deluxe offer you get the extra poster the extra art on the extra slipcase but they're also going to be including a five and a half inch good guys chucky doll created by NECA, and it's housed in a good guys box so uh this yeah this one comes out on october 18th and as of right now i don't know how many copies of this are still left. I don't think they're selling like gangbusters because it's about 70 bucks. Um, it's a, it's, it's pretty expensive. Like I was going to get it. And then after shipping and everything and tax, it was going to be 70 something bucks or whatever. And I was just like, you know what? (laughs) You know, I, I, the doll's cool and all the little five inch doll, but it was just like, for me, it was a chunk of change. For that, so I was like, well, because I never do the deluxe ones because I don't need an extra slipcase, and I don't really need posters. Uh, I, I don't, you know, collect posters, so I don't need those. But normally, those are about the same price, maybe like ten bucks more, and so yeah. that I can swing if I wanted to. But, but this thing is like, that's eh, a bit pricey. So I think, don't think it's going to sell out as quick as the other things. Um, but you, you never know. But I mean, it's a cool package. It is, but <laughs> but still, I mean, it's close to seventy bucks. I mean, that's the. I mean, as much as I love Bill and Ted, I just couldn't pull the trigger on that because it was, you know, yeah. it was eighty bucks. You know, I'm just, mm-hmm. just happy with the movies. That's all. I'm. That's all I have to say about that. But totally. I did, however, pull the trigger on the deluxe limited edition of the next title we have, 1976's Carrie. The collector's edition has got it's got some good stuff. There's a 4K scan of the original negative. There's new interviews with uh, writer Lawrence D. Cohen, editor Paul Hirsch, actors Piper Laurie, PJ Souls, Nancy Allen, Betty Buckley, William Cat, Edie McClurg, casting director Harriet B. Helberg, and director of photography Mario Tosi. And we got another new episode of Horse Hallowed Grounds. This time we're visiting the original locations of Carrie. Plus um, you've got all the uh, bonus features from um, from previous editions like Acting Carrie, interviews with Sissy Spacek, Amy Irving, etc. Visualizing Carrie, interviews with Brian De Palma, Jack Fisk, Lawrence Cohen, and Paul Hirsch. A look at Carrie the Musical, theatrical trailers, a franchise trailer gallery, TV spots, uh, radio spots, still gallery, and Stephen King and the evolution of Carrie. 
Nice. That's a text gallery. Oh, okay. So once again, this one comes out on October 11th. And you said the uh, the special the their their deluxe edition is sold out, right? Yeah, it's completely sold out. Okay, that's fine. Like the the Blu-ray has all all the bells and whistles on the disc itself. So. Yep. Cool. Okay. All right, we got a, a bombshell of a Screen Factory announcement. Exorcist 3 is coming to Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a director's cut. Nice. This one is uh, coming out on October 25th, also right in time for Halloween. And uh, this is going to be interesting. This is a title that uh, a lot of people have been, have been um, curious about, you know, after, you know, uh, Nightbreed came out. A lot of people were wondering if any other Morgan Creek uh, horror movies were going to come out via Scream uh, Factory. So we're getting a uh, Bad Moon, and of course the Crush came out earlier. But people were still wondering, what about Exorcist Three? Well, we're going to get it. It's going to be a two disc collector's edition, and uh, the extras of which there are a ton of are underway and will be announced at a later date in late summer or early fall. So stay tuned. We're going to have more details about that. And the director's cut, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be called from a lot of sources. So it, it's gonna the the quality will probably vary. Just to get an idea of what um, Blatty had in store for, for this movie, that I'm still I'm still curious. No matter what, this is definitely high on my list. Awesome. So that was all the news that was trickling in throughout the vacation, but. It, you know what? As soon as we came back from vacation, we got flooded with even more news. Yep. And I want to start with Arrow. Arrow has just announced uh, part of its October slate. They've announced their UK-only releases, and they're pretty much movies we already have here in the States. The first one is uh, 52 Pickup, which Kino Lorber issued last year. Uh, that's coming out in the UK on October 17th. You guys are going to be getting a high-definition Blu-ray uh, and standard def DVD. It's going to be dual format. Original stereo 2.0 audio, optional subtitles, an audio commentary by critics Glenn Kenny and Doug Broad. Uh, Hard a guide to the many, many cameo appearances by pornographic actors in 52 Pickup, theatrical trailer, and a reversible sleeve. And next up is going to be Burnt Offerings. This is going to be the uh, debut on Blu-ray for Burnt Offerings in the UK. Um, dual format, original uncompressed PCM mono audio, optional English subtitles, audio commentary by film historian Richard Harlan Smith, acting his face, an interview with actor Anthony James. Nice. Blood Ties, an interview with actor Lee Montgomery. From the Ashes, an interview with screenwriter William F. Nolan, Portrait of Fear, an animated gallery of promotional materials and behind-the-scenes stills, theatrical trailer, and this one will also have a reversible sleeve. And last but not least, The Burning. UK is getting The Burning on Blu-ray, and it's going to be in a limited edition steelbook packaging, and that's going to be limited to 4,000 copies. It's going to be dual format, original mono, optional English subtitles, uh, audio commentary with director Tony Malum and critic Alan Jones, audio commentary with stars Shelley Bruce and Bonnie Dorosky, 
a brand new audio commentary with the hysteria continues, blood and fire memories, detailed look at the creation of the film's makeup effects with special effects artist Tom Savini, slash and cut, an interview with editor Jack Shoulder, Cropsey Speaks, an interview with actor Lou David, Summer Camp Nightmare, an interview with actress Lee Ayers, brand new interview with composer Rick Wakeman, behind the scenes footage, theatrical trailer, makeup effects still gallery, and a poster in still gallery. Now, as far as anything else coming to the uh, the U.S. in October, we'll have to wait and see because, <laughs> according to them, um, they just need a little bit more time because it's they're going to be their biggest releases ever. So we should be wow. hearing announcement about those maybe sometime next week. So that's what you guys in the U.K. are getting. Biggest release ever. That's or biggest releases ever. That's crazy because they've had some. It's been a pretty goddamn good year for them. Uh, side note, I'll say. make sure make sure you check out Screamcast episode number 30, our episode on The Burning, where Brad was drunk as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't think I even heard that episode. I might have to check that out then. Yep. Yep. And some of these may be, I don't know if they're all on our iTunes feed or not, but if you go to screamcast.com slash podcast, you can search it from there or just use a search bar and type in the burning and you'll find it. But, but yeah, it's a good one. Brad may have a different, uh, may think differently, but I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> Moving on, we've got a little bit of a peek at our sponsor, Vinegar Syndrome's August slate. And uh, the titles for that month are going to be Rudy Ray Moore's The Disco Godfather. We've got Evils of the Night, Taboo, Sex in the Comics, and Body Girls, which is going to be paired up with another feature, which we don't have just yet. But as soon as we get all the details on all of the titles, we'll go ahead and uh, talk a little bit more about that. But I figure you guys might want a little sneak peek at what Vinegar Syndrome's got on, on the way. And it looks like some good stuff. Hell yeah. And uh, last but not least, we got some last-minute news for you folks. Um, this morning, um, a new episode dropped of the Shockwaves podcast, and they had on uh, David Gregory from uh, Severn, and he just let the cat out of the bag that they've acquired the rights to Kathy's curse, and he said that there is going to be a Blu-ray of that forthcoming. We don't have any, um, we don't have any other details other than that, but just to let you guys know that that movie is going to be coming out of Blu-ray, courtesy of Severn. Wow! And apparently, a lot of people are excited about it. I haven't, uh, I've never seen this one, but a lot of people are super pumped that it's coming out. So, yeah, I wasn't familiar with this one either. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of research on it. Apparently, it was a public domain title. It's been on um, a lot of packs, like twenty or fifty, okay. fifty uh, movies per you know box set and whatnot. I mean, you can find it on YouTube, but to get a Blu-ray of that, yeah, that's going to be fun. So, cool. that's all the news that dropped during our vacation. So we are all did out we, of the uh, speed. Did, did- did we uh, we did we miss the uh, the limited run for Screen Factory? The limited run for the uh, Death Stalker up from the depths. Did we talk about that? Oh shit! No, we didn't. <laughs> All right. Ah, oh, damn it! See what I mean? So much news. I know. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, speaking of Screen Factory, they just announced today that they are doing sort of like this limited run of a few titles that they just happen to have HD Masters for. So they are going to be putting out a double feature Blu-ray of Deathstalker and Deathstalker 2. And they're also going to be putting out Up From the Deaths. Now, those movies are going to be coming out on August. Those are planned for August 30th. And let me just pull up the uh, bonus features for Deathstalker and Deathstalker 2 because that's the only title of uh, of this whole a, bunch. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It's just a couple uh, audio, audio commentaries. I think you're right about that. It's an audio com- yeah, some, Deathstalker know, and- is an audio commentary. And so is Deathstalker 2. Of course, Deathstalker 2 directed by Jim Wernowski. I mean, that's obviously the one that I'm going to be listening to. Yeah. Cuz that's going to be quite entertaining. But um yeah, up from the depths, it has just like a theatrical trailer and I think a still gallery. Nope, just TV and radio spots. Still gallery is going to be included with Message from Space, which is coming out September 27th, along with Time Walker and the Velvet Vampire. So um, this is going to be interesting. But the downside of these, though, I mean, yeah, they're limited to a thousand. There's not a whole lot of bonus features on them, but. I checked some of the prices on these and it's like $27 and that's not even including the shipping and the tax and all that. So yeah. it kind of makes you wonder how fast or how not fast these are going to be selling. Yeah. And they're, they're pulling uh they're pulling kind of a code red or a scorpion DVD a scorpion releasing, you know, by just trying these types of titles out. Unfortunately, when you, print uh when you press lower quantities your price point the cost is it raises so you know say because i did some research on what it cost to to press blu-rays and stuff like that because um i was kind of turning my wheels on on jumping into the game and then it just got to be too much but um like say like you want like a thousand your price point's gonna be you know i don't know five bucks a dvd but if you press two thousand your price points is going to be like two bucks a, D- a dvd or blu-ray it, it, those numbers are just off the top of my head but it's that you know that kind of a drastic change in in cost so it's like you know so it's like one of those things it's like a i mean the the best price point would be like 14.99 for some of these or maybe 19.99 but yeah since they're doing limited runs of a thousand they obviously can't do that because they need to cover their own costs as well, they need to make a profit. So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I already have up from the depths on DVD. I already have Deathstalker one and two on a awesome like four movie um, set with like Barbarian Queens and uh, one other one. And I love I love that set. They look great on on DVD for what these are these low budget type flicks. Yeah. Um. So that's why it's you know it's gonna be tough because I got Barbarian Queens for like I got that four pack for like ten bucks. So four movies for ten bucks. So it's gonna be it would be hard for me to because I was gonna get Deathstalker and this, then I saw the price and I was like, ah, gosh, I don't know if I can you know, upgrade, you know, for thirty bucks. 
But um, but there's people that are excited about some of these. Um, you know, they'll buy them. But yeah, a thousand is gonna be tough. It's definitely they're trying something to do, try to hit the market that like Code Red and Scorpion is hitting. But no, those guys don't sell out other of, of their Blu-rays either. Like they have trouble turning, and they have to start at, at a thousand. If you go under a thousand, you're you're stuck to be to doing BDRs. So yeah. they don't want to do that. So they have to get a thousand. So it'll be interesting. Um, you know. I don't know. It's it's cool to see that they're experimenting, I guess. But um, we'll we'll probably all talk about this on the on our next show since this was late in the game, and we're we're recording the news after we've already done the main podcast. A little bit of behind the scenes information. Yeah, you know, after hearing all that, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna go for that four pack because from that rec- recommendation and all from you, um, I'd rather invest in that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I it, I mean, some of these other movies sound cool. And I don't know if they've had any of their releases, but, um, you know, it's just that price point, you know, it's tough. Like right now, especially I'm trying to, to, to budget even more and 30 bucks for a blind buy is, is tough. Yeah. Um, and then 30 bucks for a movie I already own on DVD that I think looks fine just because the low budget nature of it. Um, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm fine. I'm happy, totally happy with the DVD. So I'm not gonna spend 30 bucks to, to unload it. Cause I can't, you know, I can try to sell the DVD, but I'm going to get like five bucks. For it, you know what I mean? So it just doesn't make sense. So, yep. you know, I mean, it's, it's getting expensive for collectors because all these companies are, do, are doing this. And, you know, a few years back, it was, it was easy to start trying to collect like all the code reds or all the Scorpion releasings. Or even when I started buying Screen Factory, I was like, oh, this is cool. I can, I can kind of afford this. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's just been ramping up with all these labels that, you know, collectors have to be, a little more, uh, we said to make better choices, you know, where we have to get more selective. So it, it'll be, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yep. But, um, for right now, we're all up. That's all the news we have. There we go. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for, uh, keeping us informed. It's good to keep all you guys informed too. So I hope you like what's coming out soon. So start saving your money. Yeah. Yeah. If there's things you like, save up that cash for sure. If you got kids, you know, budget to feed your kids first and then, you know, yep. and then buy the movies you want. <laughs> the movies are my kids. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Josh. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time. See you guys next week. To Vinegar Syndrome's package. I mean, let's take Vinegar Syndrome's package out. That's what I meant to say. You want to do the peak rumors real quick? Yeah, let's get these out of the way because I I uh, I did not watch them. No porno. No porno for me. Why not? <laughs> because I had I I am not able to watch for many movies as it is right now. Anyway, things are so busy, so I got to things I I needed to. Uh, and I'm just, I just don't get into, uh, the porno. I wanted at least, I wanted to at least, uh, take a peek at these and, you know, really quickly, but I just, I didn't, didn't get the time. And then we went on vacation and, you know, I can't bring these with me in the RV with the whole family. You could have, it just wouldn't <laughs> I could have very well. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, for me, I mean, you know, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I wanted to get to the Blu-rays for sure, but um, I don't know. Por- por- the 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 porno is just not uh, not for me, man. Um, uh, I highly recommend Physical Attraction. Dude, Physical Attraction is the shit. That's the it's it is so a pretty fantastic good. picture though. So goddamn good. <laughs> oh my good. god, dude! The plot of the movie is she's basically a hooker trying to make it into the uh, fucking Olympics. <laughs> And there's That's, nothing that says that she can't. Not at Dude, all. Dude, it is fucking like that. It it was funny to me because it was just so goofy and off the wall. Um, but physical attraction is definitely the highlight of the four. Okay, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, there isn't much to go on other than kind of just the silliness that you know is around the movie and her trying to, uh, you know, deal with her um, her pimp. And then, you know, basically wanting to train and become, um, well, actually, it's the coach that actually, uh, wants her to be in the Olympics, right? Is that how it works? I don't remember. There's a lot of dick, too. <laughs> well, anyways, um, he, he, he basically trains her, uh, in more than one way to actually become in, uh, almost said Special Olympics. Um, but yeah, the Olympics. And then, um, BJ, do you want to say anything else about it? I mean, because that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, there's not, there's not, yeah, that's there's really not much to to say more than it feels like all of those inspirational ABC like you can do it specials, but with fucking so <laughs> yeah, well, that's both, both of these movies, Physical Attraction and then um, Classic Romance, yeah, Classical it was Classical cl- Romance, yeah, Classical Romance by the same director, but they both have this like. I don't know, like sex comedy drama vibe. Like, well, and have... that's what makes Vinegar Syndrome stuff so great. Like the things they select aren't just, you know, bumping uglies and leave. Like there's actually plot and they're trying to do something in addition to the sex. So, I mean, I know that it's not much for you, Sean, but I really think that if you watch them as and take out the idea of, oh, this is pornography out of your head. Um, I think that you would really enjoy some of the stuff they put out. Well, let's like, go with the past ones I've I've watched. I actually end up, I'm fast forwarding through all the sex, which is hilarious to me. But uh, just um, to see what the plot is about, you know. Yeah, because I I don't have much to say about classical romance and physical attractions. Kind of covered, but uh, I am a huge fan of Tijuana Blue. Like, I that's on the 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 second disc. Yeah, um, these movies because, are a different caliber. The, yeah, uh, Harlot and Tijuana Blue are actually like more or less sexploitation with, huh. you know, with some of penetration. actual penetration. Yeah, it's yeah. it's insane. It has you know incredible commentary on women's rights and you know you know your your right to choose, and that's fucking crazy because there aren't films that are non-pornographic that are willing to mm. talk about that subject. But here we have, you know, an adult film that's willing to talk about, you know, how difficult it can be um, for, you know, people who get pregnant and don't want it <laughs> anymore. Uh, so I really like Tijuana Blue. And then Harlot is, you know, very much about, you know, sexual openness and, you know, kind of, discovering what you like sexually which is another thing that 
I think the reason that this one's so interesting is because while obviously it's pornographic, so it's going to be presented in more of a male gaze, like there's something really empowering about her sexual, you know, exploration. It it doesn't feel quite as, I don't know. It doesn't feel it doesn't, quite as it, it doesn't exploitative. Feel like, a porno. like when the porno actually yeah. happens, it's 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 almost I don't know. It is very much more a sexploitation film. So when the sex actually happens, it's a little jarring. It felt because it. But felt the like intention you, behind it isn't like, and now it's time for fuck town. Like it doesn't. It it feels very. I don't know. It, it feels very fitting for the world that it's in. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, little, it's hard to defend. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very odd-looking film, but it's, I don't know, I, I really recommend them. The two the two different, you know, DVDs that you'll get between the, the Picaramas are very, very different, but I think that it's, if you're new to Vinegar Syndrome, it, especially with their porn, uh, you know, restorations, I think this is a good place to start because it gives you kind of the wide range of kind of the artsy fartsy porno and the you know super cheesy ones yeah because physical attraction and classical romance are definitely your cheesy pornos but they kind of have like this 80 like i said 80 sex comedy vibe like i'm watching it and like i'm thinking like just one of the guys and um there's a one of my favorite sex comedies called give me an f and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what it felt like um also even like things of like uh, elements of like perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta. Hmm. I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. That's kind of the vibes that I was getting, getting through that. Um, Harlot and Tijuana blue is very much like some of their, um, other titles, like, um, uh, kind of like how artsy and empowering they are. Is like, I, I mentioned the telephone book countless times on the show. Um, you know, and something like even some of the wake peel, uh, Wakefield pool, uh, flicks. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. Also, like, I can get how, behind that. Yeah. Like just kind of, it's totally a different take. It, it is like, I think see Sean, when you're supposed to watch them like this, <laughs> like you watch the stuff that's just like trashy lady, which is just a straight up porno. But like, you know, comparing these four flicks, which, uh, one set is by one director, the other set, cause they're by the same directors. Mm-hmm on um on both on well each each disc every separate directors up for each disc but they did both movies um but yeah harlot and tijuana blue is like right up to what i'm talking about that is special about some of the hardcore uh vintage pornography um but almost they're they're just adult films i, I can't even say that tijuana blue and harlot are are pornos because they're, it doesn't feel like that. It, it feels like it's something else just with penetration. Hmm. Um, but anyways, that, that's, that's my personal take on the film. Most people say, well, those are just adult films. And it's like, eh, they're a little bit more than that. Like they're trying to be something a little bit more than just a TNA flick to make some money off of like 42nd street. Exactly. I yeah. agree wholeheartedly. So anyways, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much the batch. I mean, uh, they're, they're straight into the point. It's just kind of refreshing to watch something that, I mean, it's basically like watching to, it's equivalent to watching a horror film that tries to do something new. Yes. 
Like that's Absolutely. what it feels like. It's like this is the standard thing. This is the standard formula you follow, but you're doing this, this, and this different, and this makes you more unique than your normal slasher film. So, anyways, okay. hopefully that sums it up. Cool. Yeah, porn. <laughs> so, moving yeah, along I'm, to the I mean, next I was, two. I wasn't trying to write these off completely. I was just uh, I ran out of time. No, I know, but it's <laughs> like. You really need to – I don't know. Maybe we'll watch them in advance and let you know, hey, this is the shit that you need to check out. Yeah, because, I think we can definitely start doing that. Because that, even that'd be like – That because just because like, I need to kind of – just because I don't have time. I need to – you know, I need to basically make – I have my, my, my to-watch list is ridiculous. And Dude, Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. That's yes. One – million percent hot and saucy pizza girls i mean that's a straight up porno but that is a fucking comedy like through and through that's i want a hot and saucy pizza girls t-shirt so fucking badly (laughs) i've been begging them james brandon (laughs) make me a hot and saucy pizza girl shirt please just make them man make them bob chin will is that on exploitation tv yeah it is exploitation yeah yeah Yeah, if you guys don't have exploitation tv what are you doing with your life yeah I'll, I'll add, you know, that's on my little uh, playlist here. You're my playlist. Or wish list or whatever. You're my wish list. Yeah. No, you, you, it's, you. Yeah, it's really good. But honestly, like, if you had to watch one of these, um, like Physical Attraction and then T.O. I think, I think Physical Attraction might be more of his speed. Yeah, Physical Attraction and then if you got around to watching... Um, uh, Tijuana, uh, blue. I think okay. that's, I think those are like, that would like kind of put vinegar syndrome in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Cool. So very cool. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah. Is the human tornado. Dude, I made, I said a tweet the other day and I'm standing Dude, by. Dude, I lost my shit, man. You Rudy Ray Moore's biggest fan was Rudy Ray Moore. Yes. That sums these movies up perfectly. As soon, like, here's the thing is like, Rudy Ray Moore was a well known, uh, at the time in the community, he was a well known comedian and he had the following and then he made, uh, he took one of his characters. Um, which was Dolomite, and he um, made a movie out of it. And when that movie became successful, Rudy Moore was like basically a god in that sense, and he could yeah. do anything he wanted. And he made movies about himself. With the credit sequence of The Human Tornado, that sums up exactly his attitude because when it's he's like – Like a passion project or, or, or not passion project but a – um. He just wants – he basically – what it was is I could only – you can feel it. You can feel it oozing through the screen yeah. of what they wanted. I mean he's standing there <laughs> looking at the camera and then turns slowly and he starts to smile. He starts to smile because on the back of his fucking cape says Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore <laughs> Dolomite. And the credits roll and then it jumps into like 10 minutes of his stand-up comedy. Yeah. Being Rudy Ray Moore and then gets into the human tornado. It's basically it's like almost like he's like small little documentaries of his life that are blown up out of proportion or like it's 
when this is completely off topic, but it will, uh, it will, it, there's a comeback to it or a callback, whatever you call it. Um, so I was watching an interview with Robert Rodriguez, um, years ago when he made Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And I will defend he, that movie to its death, by the way. <laughs> continue. And, um, the basically the interview process is like, you know, how, what do you do to, you know, create this. And he's like, well, you know, he actually consulted his son and he would talk about his son's like, you know, inspirations and the dreams that he had that night and things that he wanted to see. And he just took basically and almost made a movie that was practically written and thought about by his kid. Same thing happens with Rudy Ray Moore is like Rudy Ray Moore has those like, Hey, I want to watch a movie where I do stand up and then a bunch of white people are trying to kill me for no ungodly reason. You have no idea. It's like, look at those black, look at those niggers up on the hill. Let's kill them. And it's like, what is happening? You know, like the fucking, oh, yeah, those, <laughs> like it just happens. Like the guy like walks into like the sheriff's department and the sheriff pulls out his gun and just fires because he's scared. And then they go up there and basically, you know, then Rudy Ray Moore's banging the sheriff's like wife. And then it, (laughs) dude, he shoots her in the face with a shotgun. Mm -hmm. Like, what is happening? And then he like jumps off the cliff and he's like, y'all motherfuckers didn't know that Rudy Ray (laughs) Dolomite could jump. Well, here's one. And it's just an instant replay back and forth watching his dick dangle in the air. (laughs) And like, I don't know, man. It's just like. It's so much fun, though, because he's making movies for himself and for like his very like his target audience, which isn't the world. It's just his small following. Yeah, I keep saying passion project, but it was more like what's the word? What's that word I'm thinking of? I I mean, no, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's ego or anything. I I had it this morning that I was going to say and I can't remember it now. I mean, so, it's so I got to write shit down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's making movies about himself for himself for his fans, but that's the whole like that's kind of the whole Dolomite, yeah. Thing, but it's though. a whole black exploitation thing, right? Like the black exploitation thing was making you know black filmmakers Blake and making black movies for black people. That's just how it was, and that's exactly what Human Tornado is. But just in a different sense and kind of consolidating down to just Rudy Ray Moore. He's even more, yeah, even yes. more of a targeted target audience than just. Yeah, it was kind of like a little niche in, the, in, right. the, in that type of thing. It's like, oh, Rudy Ray Moore is making. I mean, it's the same thing as kind of how, you know, Superfly kind of had its own, you know, own thing. It kind of blew up, even though there wasn't many films with a reoccurring character other than Return of Superfly, kind of like in the 80s. But, I mean, it kind of had that it sets that presence of like, this is the character that you're going to uh, follow and kind of emulate and and stuff like that. But also at the same time, be kind of a promotional thing for his standup because he's literally doing standup there. Cause there's that whole scene in, um, in Dolomite where he's standing at like in the parking lot and he just, they're like Dolomite, start telling jokes, and he just fucking rambles on for literally, dude. That scene's got to be fifteen to twenty minutes long, of him just telling jokes, and um, and this kind of the same thing happens in Human Tornado. But I cracked up when he said, um, 
the guy was like on his wife and like finished like in two minutes and then said, you need to fix me some dinner. And she brought him uh, a head of lettuce and some carrots. And he said, what the fuck is this? And she said, if you're going to fuck like a rabbit, you might as well eat like one. <laughs> I fucking laughed. I thought uh, that shit was funny. But I really like Human Tornado. Fucking Ernie Hudson's breakout fucking role. Ernie yeah. Hudson's very first movie. Um, he's in um, Human Tornado. And I'm really glad because they're uh, – you know, Vinegar Syndrome's releasing all these Rudy Ray Moore movies. Um, so they're just going down the list. I think there's like four or five total yeah. where he plays the reoccurring uh, character of uh, of Dolomite. But, I mean, it's just it's just him doing his own thing. And it's basically the first thing that comes – that's what it feels like. It's like, Dolomite, what do you want to do today? Well, I want to run through the desert and then shoot a car with a shotgun and blow up. And it's like, all right, let's do it. And they do it. It's, that's that's the coolest thing, and and that's why I like the films because it almost is kind of a DIY aspect to where there wasn't producers telling them what to do or you have to do this to please your black audience. Like these guys knew exactly what their audience would like. They don't have to refer to fucking a producer sitting in a big office that you know watches movies and only wants to watch. M- you know, kind of a John Peters thing where he's like, I want this, this, and this in this movie because that's what I want to see. No, they fucking threw everything like out, out of the way. That's the, that's why independent cinema still kicks ass today. Yeah. That's the reason why black exploitation kicked ass because they didn't have to answer to anybody and they can do and get away with whatever they want. Have, have you mentioned the title sequence? The what, beginning, when- the beginning title sequence. Was yeah, it, yeah, like a different yeah. That was the first or, thing he said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he he like he just like spins around and has that smirk on his face, and then it's like yeah, all it, like it goes on forever. I feel like it's like the, one of the longest opening titles because he pulls I've ever out a seen. fucking he has glass he has these glass things in the in the ground sticking out, and then he slashes them with a fucking katana. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's what I'm saying. It's uh, Rudy Ray Moore doing what he wants. He's basically like that's the coolest part because. Watching these movies, you enjoy on one level, but on a level for me, I'm thinking like during the making of this film, how did they come up with that idea? And if obviously Rudy Ray Moore is saying, hey, can we stick some glass in the ground and I cut it with a katana? And they're like, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. That's what it feels like. That's how easy these scenes were set up. And it's just that that's why I like because I think Passion Project isn't a wrong the wrong terminology to use on something like this because it is him doing a movie for himself but he knows who it's going to you know impact and grab yeah and even if it is a small audience of 10,000 20 50,000 people it doesn't matter you know that, that's, that's what I like about these films that's why they're so fun so oh, but anyways man you definitely have more to say about uh, Human Tornado than I do, but hey, I I like Dolomite. I think it's a it's a fun character. Um, I'm a huge fan of black exploitation cinema in general, and um, when you get to see a continuation of a character or a series, which isn't very prominent in black exploitation, mm-hmm. um, mainly you just see the same actors. But I think that's substantial when you have a reoccurring character like that in different movies, kind of doing the same thing and being successful at it. 
it means Rudy Ray Moore was doing something right for that time in that time frame um, for the people he's making the movies for. Because, I mean, you got to think that in 1976 and, and before that, even when he started, um, you know, there was a lot of shit going on in the world. And instead of making a overly violent, mm-hmm. um, you know, black on white crime or white on black crime, fighting the man being super serious, Dolomite put a whole new spin on things. He, he made kind of just like popcorn films, you know, well, like just he fun. made the movies violent and he got his point across, but he made you laugh doing right, it. Yeah. So it's a different aspect because I mean, we can talk about black exploitation again. We fucking did four episodes on it. All those movies, <laughs> other than the Dolomite movies we mentioned, all those movies are very, uh, by the book. And, you know, they were angry movies. Uh, they were movies to make, you know, made to make a statement and to have a voice rather than going out and having a loudspeaker and speaking out and then getting hit by cops or, you know, beaten up by white people. They were making movies and putting it in theaters and spreading the message. But, you know, Dolomite did it in such a way, Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore did it in such a way that made it comical and made it fun. And I don't know. It's just I think it's super special because he also did this whole comedy spin, which there wasn't a lot of comedy black exploitation films. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think they're I think they're super special. Oh, and the, the, I, I'm great. glad. Go ahead. Sean. No, no, go ahead. I, inter- I, no, I'm, I interrupted I'm, you. Seriously, I, I'm done talking because I'm talking <laughs> a little too much. The, the what I what I love about what Vinegar Syndrome is doing is they're doing these making of documentaries. They got I Dolomite. Uh, I Dolomite Part Two on here, and um, you know I I just love that they were able to get this stuff and and have these things, uh, interviews, you know, with Rudy Ray Moore because he passed away. Yeah, he's, in 2008. He's, so it, it's great seeing. God, how his, good his would his commentaries be with him? He would just talk about himself the whole entire time. I know. Um, it would but, be fucking solid gold. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's a commentary on here, and uh, there's the German dubbed version. Did, did you guys check that out at all? I didn't know, but that. I need to. <laughs> I did see it, and oh. I was I was like so busy trying to watch a bunch of other shit for festivals, uh-huh. and I was just like, I, I'm definitely going back because, dude, I've seen Human Tornado. I own the big fucking Rudy Ray Moore box set mm-hmm. when it came out by Xenon, um, because that's where kind of these movies are coming from. I know that. It's it's weird because Vinegar Syndrome doesn't put their label on here, and I'm not sure how the rights work, but they're picking up all these um, uh, all these Xenon titles. Xenon was a specific label for kind of underground black exploitation films. Yeah, it's in the fine and, print. This is under license from Xenon. That's that's about it. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, yeah, they Xenon put out this huge box set of Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, his four or five movies, I forget how many. There's like the Disco Godfather's one of them, and there's one after that, maybe only four. And then like three discs of his stand-up. And it's basically his same routines for, that he puts in his movies. Um, so I call it the Kevin James effect because Kevin James has done the same thing for like 20 years and gets <laughs> away with it. <laughs> he just takes his fucking stand-up and puts it in movies that he acts in. It's ridiculous. Uh, a, lot, uh, <laughs> a lot of comedians do that. <clears throat> Uh, some more than others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, some rely on it as a crutch more than others, for sure. Um, well, basically, you could watch every 
I, I used to watch it with my mom because she really liked the show. But you can watch all of Kevin Jane's stand up if you just watch King of Queens. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyways, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing with Rudy Ray Moore. Um, he had, you know, his material was funny though. It, it got people laughing, and you know, it's not def- it's not for white people. Maybe white people don't laugh as much. Because it is, uh, it is to a certain, you know, it was, it was a product. Um, was, yeah, the know. time and environment for sure. Yeah, and that's that's what I love about it because it literally is no fucks are given. Yep. So, BJ, do you have anything anything else to say about Human Tornado? I don't have much to say more than I mean, Brad kind of said everything that I would have said. I just kind of like Brad. letting him go. <laughs> Um, Sorry. no, I, li- I like the Dolomite character and I think that you're right. The fact that he's with human tornado, he's kind of going into business for himself at that point, mm-hmm. um, just makes it more enjoyable because you know that like every time he does a line, that's a good one. You know, you like, you can see it in his face. He's like, Haha, <laughs> yeah. damn, that was yeah. funny. That's the best part. <laughs> and, like, it yeah. makes it so much better because it's so visible. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. It's, <laughs> it's so, so worth it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I didn't really. I, I was just wondering what the fuck was going on. I'm watching it, going like, what the, what is this? Because it's, it's even more wacky than Dolomite, like the first, you know. Because he knew what he can get away right. with. I now. mean, it's it is batshit, and and uh, it, it, he just goes for it. The the musical numbers and his stand up, and you know, um, but I, the more I think and have thought about it since I've I've seen it. it, it you know, I, I I understand the more I think about it, what it is, and um, you know, th- these for what they are are pr- pretty fun. So I'll definitely, you know, sometimes there's some movies that are like one timers. Like this is something I can see myself putting in and watching uh, when I'm doing things or whatever, just for the sheer entertainment value of it. So, you know, it's 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 just funny with with Rudy Rudy Ray Moore because I mean he has. He has this character Dolomite, and even though he's not Dolomite in these other movies, it is this reoccurring character that yeah. he has that he puts in every movie. As you know, in PD PD Wheatstraw, um, you know, because I, I think that's the next is that the next Vinegar Syndrome title, and then Disco God Disco Godfather. I think so. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I think there's four, four. but even playing Petey Wheatstraw and then he played, um, God, what's his name in Disco Godfather? But anyways, it's the same fucking thing and it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Even though it's a different caliber of movie, but like uh, Rudy Ray Moore, he was, like I said, he's making movies for himself. Yeah. Yeah, uh, July, July. I don't think it, they don't. They only have they have Petey Wheatstraw is the one with with Rudy Ray Moore. Um, then they're also doing the the Candy Tangerine Man slash Lady Coco. So two black exploitations next month mm. or this month to look forward to. So good stuff, man. I'm I'm so I I was saying there was a while ago. I think I had got Foxy Brown or something like that, and I was like, man, there needs to be more. I think it was when we were doing our getting ready kind of researching stuff for our podcast on <clears throat> on, on black exploitation 
And I was just like, man, there's not enough on Blu-ray. And then all of a sudden this year, like Vinegar Syndrome answered the call, man. Well, they did. I mean, Olive put out all those titles. Yeah. They put out Hammer and uh, Black Caesar came out. And then now Code Red's putting out. Um, oh, yeah. You know, some they're putting out Death Journey. They put out the Black Gestapo. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely catching on, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, hopefully uh, more happens. I can't wait. I really, really hope that Vinegar Syndrome um, – I know James and uh, Ryan and uh, Brandon and whoever else is listening to this right now. Please let me know if you're doing penitentiary because penitentiary is fucking penitentiary. Great. Yes. Uh, There's actually it's trilogy and I hope they do the trilogy. Um, But yeah, dude, penitentiary is fucking phenomenal. I thought you were saying like penetration tentry or something like that. No, (laughs) that's the, that's the, you know, probably digital playground. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's jump into this next Blu-ray that came out in May. Um, Psychic Ooh. Killer. Dude, you should, play that, you should play that like fucking bells song that plays throughout the movie. I'll try to track it down. So, uh, this is starring, uh, Alda Ray. Graydon yes. Clark. It says starring Graydon Clark. He's in it. Uh, he wrote he it. He plays the fucking cop. Does he play the... Uh, I think he plays the officer. He's a, he's a cop, right? yeah. I mean, it's not like a title role I mean, or anything. Hey, well, fucking Graydon Clark was on this show, bitch. I know. I know. Boom. <clears throat> so, um, this one I was really excited to see. Uh, apparently it was... Uh, apparently it was rated PG? It was 1975. Um, a lot yeah. of things were wrong. Got away with so much. Kind of spilled into the 80s a little bit, and then the 90s ruined it all. <clears throat> with P- the P. I blame Nancy Reagan. Yeah. No, fuck Nancy Reagan. Probably. But uh, this one, man, I really, really like this flick. I mean, it's basically it's a kind of a telekinesis psych- psychic film, but. I think Fucking, this was before, like Carrie, and before um, any of these other kind of telekinetic, telekinesis type films that came along in the late seventies. Was this one of the first ones to really do that? Ah, oh, dude, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, it's about a about a a guy played by Jim Hutton, and he basically gets some amulet or something from an inmate in prison. He's put in prison uh, wrongly for a, for a murder and he gets uh, given this amulet that uh, apparently has special powers where he can uh, basically get back at the people that put him in prison. And that's, that's the basic setup uh, setup for the flick that uh, you're so good at doing synopsis. I'm horrible at synopsis. <laughs> and then of course right. the cops try to track down who's doing the killing. Brad, I'm sure you'll sum this up way better than me. But I dug well, it. I really had a fun time watching this. We need to start out with um, the producer of the film, which is Mohamed Rustam. Yes. Who has done – I tweeted the other day about him. Like I really wish this guy was more prominent in making movies because he had a span of – like of course he didn't produce that much because the movies that he was producing – um, were probably really fucking hard to get off the ground because of um, because of the content and how weird they were. Um, Mohammed Rustam, who is known as Marty, basically Marty Rustam, um, 
is a producer that picked up some weird fucking movies. I mean, we talked about Easel, Evils of the Night, which, you know, has this segments from Evil Town, which uh, Vinegar Syndrome has announced that Evils of the Night will be on Blu-ray by them, um, which is kind of odd because the, you know, Gorgon Video just released that. But I guess that they're working with um, Marty Rustam. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of uh, these uh, these films hit because uh, Marty Rustam's actually on um, the special features, does a great interview, um, a new interview uh, with them and kind of goes through. But, I mean, you had, um, you know, him doing Pets, which is a really fucking cool um uh, movie Code Red put that on in DVD. Uh, so of course, Psych- Psychic Killer. He fucking produced, even though the movie is batshit, but this kind of explains it. Uh, Marty Rustam wrote Eaten Alive. Um, mm, okay. So, like, you know, you have uh, basically, you know, Neville Brand, uh, Eaten Alive, uh, Toby Hooper um, directed, but, you know, Watching Eaten Alive and then seeing Psychic Killer, that's pretty much sums up his career. And, you know, the same thing is, uh, you know, Evils of the Night and uh, Please Don't Eat the Babies. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> talk about a fucking kick-ass movie. Um, but that's kind of what he was about. He wanted to take these odd scripts and odd stories and kind of go completely against the grain of what the seventies and eighties were doing. Like he was putting even a newer spin on exploitation cinema. Um, and that's kind of where, uh, psychic killer, uh, came about. Um, cause in the, um, in the special features, which I didn't know, I learned this, uh, Graydon Clark, uh, one of Marty Rustin's very first movies was Dracula versus Frankenstein, which, um, Graydon Clark wrote an original script of that, but it was changed so much. Over a period of time, Graydon Clark didn't get the credit because the script has, you know, obviously, you know, became something else. But that's where he met Marty uh, and he did it for a paycheck, basically, and uh, hooked up with Marty and started, you know, helping him with movies and got together. And Marty Rustin was just a likable guy. You know, he wanted to do something new and creative. So he was looking for these types of movies and coming across Psychic Killer. um, you know, uh, this was what, 1975, was it? Yes. And, 75, yeah. I had you know, muted. Um, you know, a movie that's PG, I have no idea how they, I mean, I know we're talking about 75, but I honestly don't know how this movie got a PG rating, though. This is a nude, um, uh, right? That the person's killed, right? The, well, shower, some, the shower death scene? Dude, what about the fucking guy in the meat grinder and the oh, meat fucker? Yeah. Hey, violence, violence never boosts ratings. It's only about titties. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, there's nothing really know, sexual in it, so I guess that's why I got the PG. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, we, we have a movie that where this guy is uh, basically this astral projecting, which you know they talk about in Insidious, haha. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, a thing, uh, it's been in movies before, but, um, you know, (laughs) basically killing, killing people, um, you know, that have basically fucked them over. 
mm-hmm. or have any kind of connection. And, you know, the co- cops are stumped. But it's really cool because Graydon Clark wrote this script off of a kind of a story that he heard and just the kind of a, you know, numerous things that he come in contact with, with psychiatrists and scientists and shit like that and made this made this uh, uh, story. So, I mean, I think all around kind of what this movie is based on with with was Rustam's like kind of grounds of saying i want to make weird cinema i want to take your script that's fucking weird and make it you know uh eaten alive isn't a movie where toby hooper was just doing drugs and making a movie no that's marty rustam who actually co i think he co-wrote or wrote that movie making that he probably wanted toby hooper to do more drugs and be more (laughs) wild and and do crazy things and that that's the cool thing that works with Psychic Killer. And you have a group of people with, you know, Aldo, Aldo Ray worked with, um, you know, Rustam quite a bit. Uh, you know, you have a veteran, uh, Julie Adams, who's been around for a while. It was in, you know, uh, Creature of uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, you know, you have almost a team of friends uh, making these uh, movies together and. I think that's the reason why it's so uh, Marty Rustam's movies that he produced other than Evils of the Night are so well made for as low budget and small as they are. It's crazy um, because I'm looking up the director here, uh, Ray Danton. Yeah. And he was like an actor in like the the 60s. He was in The Longest Day. Um, Yeah. And it was the 50s and 60s. He was mainly uh, an actor and television actor and then he got into to directing here in the seventies, near the end of his acting career, and he, this is the, I think the only real kind of genre movie he directed because then he went into a lot of television. He like did an episode of Incredible Hulk. I guess he did a movie called uh, Death Master in seventy two, and then he did some new footage in Hannah, Queen of the Vampires. But Second Killer kind of marks his last kind of genre horror uh, directorial effort. Then he went into TV. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was an actor, but that's that's what I'm saying. It was a close knit group of friends. Right. That, that's, I mean, that's the reason why Graydon, you know, basically, hey, Graydon, you want to write a movie? Yeah, sure. Um, let's get our friends to star in it. So that, that's the reason why I think these movies were so well made. Because if you look at this, like other movies that were made around this time, and kind of, um, you know, the genre, the budget, um, kind of wanting to do something different, the movies are kind of a mess. Um, you know, they're not well edited. They're not well directed. You know, the actors, they, they grab people, basically their friends that aren't actors, even though the, I mean, these people grab their friends, but they are actors. Um, and the movie's kind of, you know, a jumbled mess, you know? Um, but with this one, I, I'm like, I watch it. I'm like, man, this is so fucking good. It's a cool story. It looks fantastic. Um, you know, and Graydon Clark really knows how to turn on the crazy. Like yeah. he, he's definitely always like taking things and it, you know, pushing them um, just a little bit. You know, pushing them more and more. Um, everything from making black exploitation films because you know he he made uh, uh, Tom, which Rustam also uh, directed, which or uh, Rustam produced. Which is, you know, a uh, black exploitation film, um, you know, 
and then working basically right after that with this. Um, I, I just think that's the reason why these movies are so cool. Um, so basically the same thing with indie filmmakers today. We have a group of indie filmmakers that work so closely together that they're in each other's movies. They produce each other's movies. They do cameos in each other's movies. And that's the reason why. It's this like close-knit community that are making these movies, um, and they have so much support and help from others. So that's the reason why they're so solid. And the same thing can go for the 70s. That's the reason why Carpenter's films are fun. It's because he's making movies with his friends. Um, and, like, going back, it's the same thing with this. It's good stuff. I'm going to chime in real quick because I know some people are going to be like, why haven't you said anything? Um, <laughs> so another Cleveland filmmaker, Mr. John Nix of Turnstile Films, has been dying to get me to watch this movie before the Blu-ray release. He had, you know, a shitty DVD copy or something and he's been trying to get me to watch it. And I swore to him, I would not watch it unless I watched it with him. So <laughs> gotcha. that's why I was so quiet. Gotcha. Okay. Cause I'm a, I'm a woman of my word and I'm not gonna, not gonna do that. Damn. At least by the yeah. Blu-ray. Yes, of course. Yeah. Cause that DVD sucks. I had it too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this- so we'll, We'll watch the Blu-ray, and then I'm sure it'll be on my doorstep in a couple of weeks. Nice. It, it looks fantastic. Um, I, I really love – I mean, I can listen to Graydon Clark talk about making movies all day, so he's in, he's involved. He in, like, will. Featurette. He will? He will. He'll literally talk about movies. Yeah, I know. Day. and It's great. I mean, I, I want it – we've got to get him on the show again. Um, we got to find an excuse to get him back on. This would have been perfect. You just probably say, hey, man, you <laughs> want to talk about movies, and he'll say yeah. Yeah. But um, but some good stuff on your man. Like, this is what I love, you know – I always movies like this that just come out of nowhere that I haven't heard of, and I, I love it when I enjoy them as much as you know as as I do. And and uh, this is a really was a really fun one. I, I think um, I think Jim Hutton does a great job. Like I really really liked him in this and how he portrayed the character. And and uh, yeah, it's good, man. It was it was uh, it's very well done. So I don't know. That's all I got to say about it, I guess. Oh wow! But I'm uh, very happy with this Blu-ray. This was this was I think this was my favorite uh, of this batch. Wasn't my the the one movie that I can say like, you know, they hit it out of the park with both you know with substance with all the special features and then how much I love of the I love the movie too. So, I mean, it's exploitation at its finest. Oh yeah, yep. So I'm really hoping that with this kind of um deal with uh obviously rustum that they hopefully will be doing they'll bring some of these other films uh to blu-ray um so please do also known as island fury uh please don't eat the babies which is uh fantastic like i said fucking cannibal killers um you know hopefully pets eh, with that whole code red thing <laughs> They keep on picking up Code Red movies. Pets was another one that was uh, that's really really good. That's out of print by uh, Code Red. Um, so yeah, cool. All right. Well, uh, I think the 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 May package is great. I mean, I I love I love everything Vinegar Syndrome is doing. And even if I'm not a hundred percent fan of the of some of the flicks that come out, you know, each month, like this is it's great what they're doing. And 
you know, I'll, 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 uh, I'll never run, uh, drag them through the mud. You know, they're, they're doing, they're doing the Lord's work. And, uh, they're, the, the cool thing is like, even if you're not like, you know, I'm not a fan of the, of the, of the porn as much, but you know, like there's always, I think there's something for everyone that likes exploitation film and that's just great. And every month there's a, there's someone for everyone who who loves these, these kinds of films. Yeah. So. They're restoring a lot of stuff that, you know, without them would be forgotten about yeah. indefinitely. Yep. It's so, great. and they're, and they're good people. I always like supporting companies that are composed of just genuinely good yeah. people. Yep. Agreed. All right. Um, we have some emails to read. We have 20 to read between Ooh. the three of us and then we're going to draw uh, a winner for the uh, Sean's Big Bucks of Porn contest. Do we so. want to just go round robin? Just one person does one and then ro- yes. keep rotating? We can, we can yes. do that. Are, are, are we good on time? BJ, you doing all right with, uh, with the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm right. fine. You know, I'm looking out for you. It's, it's late for you guys right now when we're recording. And, uh, all right, I'm me, still on LA time, baby. All right. Let me go ahead and... Uh, Mine here. And if they okay. have last names, we're not going to read last we're, names. Uh, <laughs> first name, and then if they have a last name, uh, last initial. Perfect. Cool. All right, let's just uh, you, Brad, and me. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, first one up is from Sam. Sam says. In high school, my older brother had kicked me out of the room we shared to make way for his girlfriend slash newly married wife. Because of this, I then moved into this art room my parents had. So the room was being set up to a bedroom. And during the time of the story, the door didn't have a lock or a knob so anyone could go in. So one day I decide I don't think anyone's really around. Might as well masturbate. (laughs) I get my laptop. We didn't have Wi-Fi. So I'm using shitty pictures of butts that I saved onto the computer (laughs) in an empty room with a door that doesn't close. In the middle of it, my mom busts into the room. I immediately cover up and tell her, hey, don't just burst in here like that. She then proceeds to stand there, crestfallen, and begins to give me the speech. She tells me how porn is bad, how God doesn't like it, and how it will be bad for me when I have a relationship. 100% sincere in broken English because she's from Guatemala and never fully learned English. It was the worst. So I want to win this porn slash smut so I can disappoint God, my mother, whatever future relationship I'm in, and not have to jerk it to JPEGs anymore. Please don't jerk it to JPEGs anymore. We're way past that. Correct. <laughs> Buy some vinegar syndrome. Oh man! All right, Brad. Can anything beat that story right now? I don't know. I, I purposely haven't read mine, so yeah, I haven't either. But oh my god, like that—that <laughs> that was fucking good. All right, uh, so anything, I'm, I'm I've ready. got some pretty right, good ones. Not, okay. All right, Sam. Sam's my number one so far. Sam was great. <laughs> he set that bar pretty damn high. Yeah, I mean, come on, people. All right, so. All right, so this one is by uh, Christian. That name sounds familiar. Um, all right, so <clears throat> hey guys, it might not be the funniest or best story ever told, but it's the only time I've ever been caught during quote sexy time, <laughs> or at least the only time I remember. So here it goes. Back in the late eighties, early nineties, I must have been around twelve. Uh, oh, 12 to 14, I think. A local channel was showing some NWA WCW wrestling sometime <laughs> after midnight on Monday nights, this which is was a must-watch for me every week. Having been a huge wrestling fan back then, 
before wrestling came on, however, they were showing an episode of Playboy Late Night. So little me thought, well, I'd be up anyway, so why not watch that as well, right? And of course, you know, sexy naked ladies aren't too shabby to look at either. And of course, how it has to be, one such Monday night, my dad came into my room and caught me watching Playboy Late Night. Being embarrassed, I immediately went to telling him that I was waiting for wrestling. And I was <laughs> and that it was late this week and whatnot. Should have told him I was only watching it for the articles. All in all, it wasn't the big of a deal and didn't scar me for life or anything. Sure, it was awkward, and I felt like I was doing something wrong at the time, but I got over it pretty quick and kept on watching the probably greatest double feature ever on Monday night, <laughs> each and every week. Ah, <laughs> uh, Christian, that's good, too. I'm making a good list now, because that was good, too. Uh, we're keeping track of the ones that make us laugh the most, FYI, for possibly uh, an, a bonus round. A bonus, a bonus gift. Yep. A, bo- a boner round. <laughs> a boner bon- round. A boner round. All right. I'm a little disappointed. There were no female entries to my knowledge. I know. No, I don't think there were. So, and I think it's you know I'm, I'm noticing a trend, but uh, we'll, we'll. Well, we we can end it because we did get more than five. So I have to tell my story, but I'll do that um, last. All right. The one this first one that I have, uh, all it says is my contest, my contest entry. So Alfred G, you're disqualified. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what? That was really aggressive. <laughs> He didn't follow the rules. All it says is my contest entry. That's all he wrote. Oh, he's just one of those people that probably saw the yeah. post. Oh, whatever. Disqualified motherfucker. So I'm going to move on. Come on. I was going to say, that like, better not be your reading. That's it. Like, that's literally all he does is my contest entry. That's all he wrote. So, AKA, I saw Vinegar Syndrome fucking tweeted out and I responded just through the link without actually reading to listen to the episode. For the yes. Come yep. on, dude. Don't be that guy. Oh, he was the only guy like that. Well, Whatever. he's that guy and we're forgetting about him and moving on. Moving on. Right. You definitely, you, now you don't even get on the bad list, dude. You don't get on the <laughs> list at all because you probably don't listen to the show anyway. So whatever. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, BJ. All right. This one is from Charles K. This this one's pretty good. I read this one already. (laughs) When I was about 12 or 13 years old, I had borrowed a porn VHS tape, which I would usually watch early in the morning to take care of my morning with problems. (laughs) Dang. The VHS tape was the 1993 classic Lady in Spain by Steve Perry. He included the IMDb link. Shit. Sean would love that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I had decided on this particular morning to watch the film with headphones because I actually wanted to hear some of the dialogue. Yes, Mm, I know. I use headphones too. You you gotta use headphones, man. Unbeknownst to me, my sister and two of her best friends had gathered at my door and were now being entertained by the unfortunate (laughs) circumstance they had caught me under. Needless to say, I eventually turned around and in much chagrin tried to laugh the matter off, but the damage was done. And the particular scene they had caught me viewing was perhaps the most graphic as the particular actress, Rosanna Melendez, had just received two cum shots to the face, <laughs> glazing her like a donut. Glazing her like a donut. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This one may, was, may have been like one uh, of the better written ones that was wow. said. May not be the what was this dude's name? Charles. Charles Char- K. Charles K. And my book is getting some pluses. Oh, man. Glazing <laughs> her like a donut. Oh, that's some, okay. some wordsmithing. All right. Let me get to my next email here. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eric. Okay. 
His name's Eric. And his subject is Vinson Giveaway. So at least he knows who Vinegar Syndrome is because he's using that lingo. Yeah. Right, so message. So not watching porn. <laughs> what? All right, so this is our... I'm not, about, not about him, does he mean that? So not watching porn, but shortly after moving into my house with my brother, he was showing the house to some of his friends, and they were looking around my room. I had a bag of porn DVD cases in my closet, and the wife of the couple peeked into the bed and looked at me real quick, and then we all left the room. <laughs> That's it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I got Eric, some people not trying. Eric, you're, I, I get your story, but I'm going to put you on the other side of these names. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. Hold you on, I need to write. I need to write down these disqualifiers here. Uh, no, don't disqualify. That's not disqualify. No, I have no. I have another one. I I, oh. I didn't. I didn't read these. This is the one. This is when Vinegar Syndrome retweeted us. All it says is, "I really would like to win the box from Vinegar." <laughs> God damn it! People. Can you just what, mail him an actual was... box of vinegar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna email him and say that he's won and send him a box of vinegar. <laughs> what, what was this dude's name? Uh, Merle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he wanted vinegar soup. Alf- Alfred and Merle, you guys have been disqualified. You'll never hear this anyway. God damn, I was hoping to have some good things to read, but so far, uh, I've struck Merle. out. Merle needs himself some vinegar. Oh, shit. All right, PJ, go. Uh, I better check the rest of these and see if I have any shit. No, no. Me. Don't. This is good. Fuck. I have All a right. bad feeling about the rest of mine. All right, let's do it. Uh, BJ, unmute yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have a short one. Uh, This is from Anthony. I fell asleep, quote unquote, working out to sex world. My sister came over to my apartment and found me and found me with just as I fell asleep with the disc on continuous play. Awkward. That is the worst. Why does his sister have a key to his apartment? That's what I want to know. And this is recently because he's watching sex world. Yeah. Hey, I don't judge people's lives. No, uh, no. What was this guy's name? Anthony. All right, Anthony, you go on the good side. <laughs> All right, so this is Patrick. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome Smut Contest. Message my story. When I was a teen, I utilized a website that was an early U-porn, except it was mostly JPEG images and really poorly shot videos. <laughs> The site was also sectioned off with a sidebar with a list of what they had to offer. Well, my sister liked to come into my room without knocking. She did this because she knew it annoyed me. I should note that when I had a lock on my door, it was easily opened with a bobby pin. One day, I was minding my business, browsing, and sure enough, I hear the sound of a doorknob. He meant to put jiggling. He put giggling. Uh, a door, doorknob. <laughs> doorknob giggling. <laughs> I knew what that meant and clicked out of the window, or so I thought. Door comes open. I hear, hey, Pat, what are you doing? Remember how I said I thought I had closed the window? Well, I didn't. I tried exiting the browser <laughs> as I was turning around to face the door. I didn't exit. I just clicked into a new category. Hentai. Hentai. 
<laughs> my sister goes into my room to be greeted by me oh. in a screen filled with naked cartoon women. She didn't say anything about it, but coincidentally, my, not really. My mom started insisting on seeing my internet history periodically until I was 16. Damn. All right, Patrick, you go on the good list. Oh, <laughs> that hentai, man. That's, I had a roommate who was really into hentai. Mm. The one with like the uh, tentacle one too, the tentacle mm. uh, tentacle hentai. Porn. Dear God Almighty! All right, sure. <clears throat> All right, uh, Matt T. Maddie? Thanks for releasing films on Blu-ray. How did you end up with all of the fucked up ones? Because I just, you know, I sectioned them off and emailed you guys, you know, in order, you know, just, this is when Vinegar Syndrome retweeted us. So we got all these. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That one doesn't work. I'm not Uh, even writing down your name, Matt T. (laughs) Well, I got to write it down because if I pull out their name, throwing that shit away. No, no. Yeah. Pull it out and then be like, fuck this. And then we draw another one. (laughs) Totally. All right. All right, so I got uh, Joey H. I think the most embarrassed I've ever been while watching porno was actually from successfully identifying the weird house from David Dicoteau's A Talking Cat in an adult film. <laughs> watching a woman get her asshole licked and then recognizing the Volkswagen car bench and the dead tree wearing boots in the background from a terrible children's movie about a magical cat. <laughs> I watched alone as a childless adult man really brought in an endless wave of self-loathing I wasn't prepared for. I finished the jerk sesh, though. <laughs> way to go way to go you know way to go the extra mile joey. push it to the limit Joey's. joey joey that joey. was good all <laughs> right two stars next to your name joey now this is oh one God. of this is one of our uh listeners hardcore mm. listeners uh i think he's actually won something before he yeah, so has um, just disqualify him right now sorry uh, no no no. <laughs> no this is the trucker guy we don't want to fuck with oh yeah yeah steve never mind <laughs> steve, <laughs> we love you. Steve. don't come to All our right. house and beat my face to a pulp <laughs> uh steve says uh here goes screencast i spent the summer of 1998 at my aunt's house in gainesville florida no kids just she her husband and I. My aunt is my favorite person in the world, and I'm thankful, oh so thankful, that it wasn't her that caught me. <laughs> uh, you know. They had a television out in their furnished garage area, and one night I need I needed to watch my Atlanta Falcons play some football against some hated team. The Falcons were up, and I got bored. <laughs> As you I do. I think right there, that's that already has me laughing. <laughs> and this dude wrote a fucking like novel. Uh, most most Settling people in. throughout my life had called me Big Steve or Tall Steve. And that night, little Steve said to me, <laughs> what the hell? We're winning. <laughs> I didn't have any arguments I could think of. And so I just uh, – I didn't have any arguments I could think of. And it just – so happened that I knew exactly where Uncle Richard hid his filthy box of blank supplies, <laughs> and it was right there in that garage. Both Big and Little Steve's were having a <laughs> special moment with the exceptionally curvy blonde when it hit me. Richard's beer fridge is out here, and here's a big fan of that cold bubbly. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> He's a big fan? I, yeah. 
Richard's beer fridge. <laughs> um, that's his uncle. Right, um, right, right, okay. I stood and reached for the VCR, and in that exact moment, my aunt's husband needed a <laughs> thirst quencher. In hindsight, removing the tube sock should have been step one, but I was in a panic. I stood there with my back to the television, and little Steve and I stood facing the room as he walked right right on by. Didn't say a word. He went oh and got his beer and headed towards the door. I felt like I had something. I felt like I had to... I guess he meant say something, but what? I just tried not to make eye contact. I tried blocking what was on the TV with my back as I stood, but the blonde was getting railed more, <laughs> more than decently, and I knew Richard had heard her voice before. <laughs> he hesitated at the door for a moment and started to walk out when I blurted, uh, because it was itchy. <laughs> Oh, my yep. God. I went with the jock etch, people. I could hear them laughing for the entire second <laughs> half of the game. I waited oh, for them to go to God. sleep before I dared set foot back in the house. <sighs> I went grocery shopping the next day with my aunt and prayed that she wouldn't bring it up. She didn't say anything, not a word. But when she did do what – but what she did do was put some jock etch cream <laughs> in the basket <laughs> right on top. Right where I'd see it. She bought it and put it in the bathroom. Every day, I'd put it under the sink and throw it away. And every next day, there it was, back on the sink. Almost 20 years later, and she still gives me shit about it. She gave me some as a Christmas gift one time, too. Spending time with her is embarrassing every time, and she knows it. But hey, at least my Falcons won. Oh, my God. Dude, Steve, that is fucking awesome. That's incredible. Uh, you just got four stars, Steve, on my little list here of uh, <clears throat> the laugh meter. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Holy moly. Okay. All right, Sean. Read your bullshit. God damn it. <laughs> Is it another bullshit? Darian O says, not much of a story, but I've only been caught once. I was watching computer porn and my dad walked in. Computer porn? Darian, I think I feel like you're one of those students in high school that barely made it through with maybe C's. <laughs> There's no reason to be mean. Because <laughs> technically but he's not wrong. He's, that is technically all we asked okay, for. Okay, <laughs> you stay in the drawing, Darian. But next time, I want a little more effort. But no, Darian, you need to fucking email. What the fuck is computer porn? Computer porn? <laughs> <clears throat> a bunch of people fucking computers. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie just, about a guy just who trying basically to jam put it a, in their floppy disks? Wasn't there, wasn't there a movie about a guy who fucked his computer? Tron. No, no, no. There's, it was with the dude who was in that. Uh, he was in that movie where the kids. Weird saw, science. The kids saw. He's in. There's a TV series. War where games. He, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. Flight oh, of Reaper. the Navigator. He was the. He was the sidekick in Reaper. He was a there's, raper. Re, there's a movie called. There's a TV show called Reaper <laughs> about a kid who made a deal with the devil and he had to. The fuck his computer. Or his. No, god damn it. <laughs> There's his bumbly friend. Dare do you see what you've done? Uh, who is he, who I swear was in a movie about him having a relationship with his computer and he literally fucks the computer. Take Darren out of the fucking contest because he derailed this Darian, fucking segment. Ruined it. Alright, Darren, you stay in the contest, but like I said, next time let's 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 go above a C level effort. And what the fuck is computer porn, bro? And what's computer porn? <laughs> Send us a follow up, please. Darian. I mean, I'm sure that it's 
porn you watch on the computer, but I know. I was there we're just we're giving you shit. Hey, when yeah. you say computer porn, I think of two computers fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. So uh <laughs> this one is uh gonna be really nice to read because Instead of using a space bar, they just used period. (laughs) I'm I'm assuming English isn't their first language on this one. Yeah, I I, I read this one. Not at all. Yeah, Yeah. let's not make fun of that because it's (laughs) it's some people. What I'm the dick? I'm the asshole. No, we'll make fun of the people that the people that wrote. Hey, enter the drawing. (laughs) (laughs) That's who we make fun of. Not the people that, okay. you know, English is their second language because they're fucking trying here. Fair enough. Fair enough. And at yeah. least they All passed right. the fucking – they passed – they actually wrote something <laughs> yeah. rather than the fucking people that just responded to a fucking Facebook message or a Facebook <laughs> post. So go ahead. Uh, this is a, a username. It's Hayata. Mm-hmm. Hayata74 to be exact. <clears throat> Damn. Sorry. I'm going to attempt to read this. We know your age now. <laughs> or you don't know if he's 74, if he was born in 1974, Ooh, maybe 1874. Oh, you never know. Shit. You never know. One night after a vigorous session of jerking off, I passed <laughs> out on top. <laughs> don't make me laugh. I'm trying to be serious here. Yeah. This is such a serious PJ. Some serious shit, everybody. Hold on. <laughs> <clears throat> one, at, one night after a vigorous session of jerking off, I passed out on top of my blankets and dreamed of jerking <laughs> off while a parade of unsuspecting spectators filled my room. That morning, I woke up to my mom doing laundry at the foot of my bed when she made a comment about putting on some shorts before coming down to breakfast. <laughs> then she scurried out into the hall. I sat up and... <laughs> I sat up and realized my pants were still around my ankles from the night before, and my semi-erect penis was still in my hand. <laughs> I take back anything I said about making fun of this. Uh, Dude, you jerk awesome. off, and then you dream about jerking off. It's one of the funniest things. Dude, you got it bad, man. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Mom wearing shorts. What, what was the name? Hentai74? No, it was... Uh, <laughs> Hayata. Hayata. Oh Hayata. My God. 74. Okay. <laughs> I take back my uh, asshole comments. Uh, yeah, let's, let's be nice. Let's be nice. Let's save the assholeness for the people that deserve it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is Al. Um, man, you got a fucking cool email address. Good job getting that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> All right. So vinegar syndrome, porn embarrassment is his subject. Uh, back in the mid eighties, one weekend, I discovered my dad made a Friday, Friday trip to the local mom and pop video store back room. After a quick glance under their bed to quote Forrest Gump, it's funnier what a man remembers, but the VHS was Aunt Peg does Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> After they were fast asleep, I did a little <laughs> crawl into their room and that would have made a Navy SEAL proud at 2 a.m. fueled by 12 year old hormones. <laughs> Once I had the tape, I made my way into the den, turned on the Panasonic VHS that sounded like a garbage truck starting up. <laughs> I watched it in amazement but had a momentary lapse of reason when I decided to retain the tape and show it to my best friend Saturday morning. Securing porn back in the 80s was like a military special operation. Kids have it so easy today. Dad discovered it was missing the next morning. Pretty simple math, and I was busted. Totally worth it. Good times. <laughs> All right, Al. I like your story. Nice. All right. 
What we got next, Sean? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Jeff, Jeffrey B. Uh... Not hardcore porn, but when I was a teenager, a friend and I stayed up far later than we were supposed to watch... Wait. Far later than we were supposed to, to watch Naked Souls of, on Cinemax. It's a softcore deal with Pam Anderson and the guy from Stephen King's Sleepwalkers in it. And of course, as a teen in the 90s, the prospect of Pam Anderson's sex scenes was too good to pass up. My mom heard the TV at some point in the middle of the night and came upstairs to see what we were doing, still doing up... Oh, did we lose BJ? Uh, what we were doing up only to be greeted by a topless, topless Anderson writing the cat man himself. She didn't even finish her question. What are you guys do before she exclaimed? Oh, Jesus. And fled back downstairs in a hurry. She didn't speak to us much the next morning. Was that the end of the story? <clears throat> end of the story. Oh, eh. you passed. You passed this. You passed it. <laughs> you passed. So I only have two left, and they're both pretty long. Okay. This one is from Paul C. Back in 1995, when I still lived with my parents, I discovered a porno tape that my dad had hidden in the basement and apparently forgotten about. After watching it a few times alone, I decided I shouldn't keep this magical discovery all to myself. Being the good buddy that I was, I invited a couple of friends over to watch it with me. So the three of us were sitting on a couch in front of the TV looking at the naked sex people when I realized I had to go to the bathroom. Not go to the bathroom, but really actually go to the bathroom. So I left my two buddies on the couch and went upstairs to piss. Just as I was about to go back down to the basement, my mother stopped me at the top of the stairs and handed me a rubber Halloween mask she had just bought. Apparently she was very proud of her purchase and thought it would be funny for me to walk down to the basement wearing the mask and freak out my friends. She's pretty much sliding the mask over my head before I could come up with a reason to say no, so I had no choice. I slowly walked down the steps, panicking, wearing this stupid Halloween mask, <laughs> trying to think of a way to warn my friends that my mom was following me, while at the same time making my mom believe I was really trying to scare them. Oh, I could hear porno moans coming from the TV, so to cover <laughs> the sex noises, I tried to say, turn it off, but I said it in a growly monster voice so that she wouldn't be able to understand what I was saying, but that just made me sound like Frankenstein's monster. My friend saw me and started laughing, so I waved my arms around in what I thought was an obvious signal to turn off the TV. My mom is coming. <laughs> but again, I just looked like I was trying to act scary, which made my friends laugh even more. My mom was far enough behind me on the steps that they couldn't see her, so they had no idea what was going on. By the time I was three or four steps away from being in the basement, I was in full panic mode, which meant I was just <laughs> waving my arms around more vigorously and growling, turn it off, louder. But by that time, my friends were bored with my antics and just wanted to go back to the porno. Eventually, I stepped onto the basement floor. My mom was two seconds behind me and about to see exactly what we had been watching for the last 30 minutes. So I'm standing there feeling stupid in front of my friends for wearing what really wasn't that great of a Halloween mask. And at the same time, feeling like my life is about to end once my mom sees. Oh, my God. I got anxiety right now. <laughs> flashbacks. Well, finally, one of my friends realized what the hell was happening and did this impossible leap from the couch and turned off the TV a split second before my mom would have seen all the sex. And then it was basically just me standing there looking <laughs> Looking like an idiot in a Halloween mask. <laughs> my two friends tried to hide their awkward teenage boners. And my mom oblivious to everything as she eagerly asked, were you guys scared? Isn't this a cool mask? <laughs> I know technically you didn't get caught watching porn, but after my friends left, I went to the bathroom again. And this time it was to, quote unquote, go to the bathroom. <laughs> Apparently I forgot to throw away the toilet paper I'd used to clean up the mess because later that night my mom stormed into my room with a wad of evidence in her hand. Oh, in her fist. Sorry. 
She held up the toilet paper between us at eye level and started to yell at me, said I wasn't supposed to use toilet paper for that, and that I'm wasting the family's money because they have to buy more toilet paper to replace what they use. She then turns around and abruptly leaves, and we've never spoken of that day again. Oh, my God. I literally had some, like, anxiety. That's a fucking, like, episode to a TV show. (laughs) So funny. Oh, my God. That's great. I love that one. All right. Who was that? Oh, shit. Let me go back. Uh, Paul C. Paul C. Okay. Hmm. All right. Paul C. I wonder who that could be. Is it really well written? Yes. Yeah. I think I know who that is. <laughs> um, all right. So this one is by Brandon. He is a very, very frequent listener. He interacts with us all the time. What's um, up, Brandon? So Vincent's mud giveaway entry. Hey, guys. So I had to be 14 or 15. I was still at the point where I had to use Kazaa or equivalent to download porn. <laughs> nice, Brandon. So did I. <laughs> so when my parents would leave, I would actually download whatever I was going to watch, which would take for fucking ever, and then remember to re- remember to delete it. Well, one time I deleted it out of the downloads folder, but I completely forgot to empty the grand old recycling bin. So I wasn't caught red-handed, so to speak, but my mom happened to open the recycling bin for some reason and found some less-than-desirable content. She couldn't even approach me about it, though, and made my dad talk to me about it. Unfortunately, the most embarrassing and awkward moment of my life, I would always remember to check the damn recycling bin from then on. All right, thanks for the opportunity to win some excellent smug guys. Looking forward to hearing the winner announced. Take lesson, care. Lesson learned, Brandon. <clears throat> Excuse me, lesson learned, Brandon. God, Jesus, were you like the guy with the Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> wow, sorry about that. Uh, Holy shit. You know, it's funny because uh, uh, my story, because I, I could say my story real quick. Um, I never got caught like red handed like that, but I had the same thing where I had it on the computer at, you know, my mom, you know, when I lived at home and I was really good about deleting stuff. Well, somehow I left it right on the fucking desktop. And then, um, my, I went into the kitchen one night to grab something from, you know, whatever, a drink or whatever. My dad was in the computer room and I heard porno and i was like oh shit and my dad turns it off and he comes out in the kitchen he's like my mom your mom told me about what she found you need to get that off the computer and then went to bed and that was that was me getting caught but i do have a funny masturbation story so um all right so go go ahead sean okay teasing us with your masturbation story Mm. (laughs) to be continued all right this one is from james m Porn stash contest. One time in uh, college. I know him. He's, he's a listener too, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My friends and I belonged to the radio station where we had a show that was like Howard Stern, but super low budget and definitely not as funny as we thought we were. So after a three hour show, we decided to have a bit of a party and we're drinking in the back room of the radio station for about an hour. Three of us, myself, this guy, Ryan, and another guy, Mike, decide to head out, <clears throat> head out back to Mike's place which was in part a part of Brooklyn that was pretty far away. Before heading out, we go to the bathroom and go to each of the three stalls. In unison, we all exclaim, Hey, there's a porn tape in here! That's right, on each toilet seat was a big box of porn, all in perfect condition, just waiting for us. <coughs> we laugh about it and take them up, take them with us, joking that we will watch them back at Mike's place. 
An hour and a half later, we finally get back to Mike's and drink some more and decide we're going to, we're going to sleep. I couldn't sleep, so I decided to throw on the tape that I'd found, which might have been called Big Buns for Fucking Seven. Can't really recall. And I'm just watching it, kind of laughing, kind of turned on, but nothing else. And all of a sudden, I hear a sound behind me. A sound that sounded like one hand... <laughs> sounded like one hand clapping. I turn around expecting to see one of my friends pretending to jerk off behind me, but instead my eyes met another old man's eyes. He was staring into my soul... Torn T on, no pants, both hands around his erection, and kept moving up and down, eyes piercing my sanity. I finally exclaimed, Who are you? What are you doing? <clears throat> I'm who I am. What are you doing here? Said the person. I guess in the commotion, Mike finally comes out of his half-drunken slumber to see what's going on. Mike, what the hell, man? Is all I could muster. Oh, Mr. Lincoln, how did you get in here? And where did your pants go? Mr. Lincoln was Mike's neighbor and a friend of his grandmother who left Mike who left Mike the apartment and who randomly would just pop up from time to time in his apartment. But supposedly, this was the first time he was whacking himself there. Oh, what? my God. Well, what do you expect? You had porn on, <laughs> said the man. I didn't expect your old neighbor to drive by jerk to do a drive by jerking. I wasn't aware that it was something that could occur in any time in your apartment. Next time, it's a no porn. It's a free. Wait, it's a no free porn watching zone. <clears throat> Holy shit! I don't have words right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to say. It just sounds really creepy. It's a home invasion. That's against the law. That's that's a home <laughs> you invasion. Should call the police. <laughs> it's an old man whacking it in front of me. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> Oy. Thank you, James. I'm really creeped out now. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, for serious. <laughs> oh, God. All right. <clears throat> Subject. The Porn King of Seventh Grade. Oh, my by, God. By Andy B. So. All right. Get pumped. Settle <laughs> in. When I was in seventh grade, me and about ten other boys discovered the capacity of our middle school's bathroom. I had an iPod Touch, a relatively new piece of tech at the time, and I was showing off. The story immediately dates me as being very young, but don't worry, I'm of age now. I if feel I won, fucking old right now, thanks. <laughs> if I won, it wouldn't be like indoctrinating my senior class <laughs> oh, with lovely smut on Blu-ray. I've learned my lesson about public displays. My <clears throat> diploma's in a box somewhere. If you remember LimeWire well, you remember that when you would search for something, you would find porn more often than you would find what you were actually looking for. Either that yes. or a fake recording of Bill Clinton talking about some website you never went to. <laughs> on, an old on an old hard drive somewhere that I probably still have, a ridiculous file called Kanye West Stronger Teen. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Kanye West Stronger Hot Teen Fucked by Older Man MP4. <laughs> Right. The file that got me in trouble, however, was called something like Soup John Stevens Chicago Man Enters His Head Into Vagina. That <laughs> I learned by then not to even bother with the porno or the Clinton, but such a lurid title could not be passed up. I downloaded it and watched it, and it was a sight to see. It's a Michael Chiklis looking motherfucker doing exactly what you imagine he's doing and ending before you find out whether he came out to breathe again or died happily inside. <laughs> I put it on my iPod. I brought it to school the next day, and I showed my best friend. He told a secondhand friend about it, and I sh and, and I showed the secondhand friend who told his friend, who probably oh, told some man. kid who's been 
<laughs> who probably told some kid who spent his lunchtimes in the gym with his feet of a bathroom stall because no offense to the guys who came after, but I was robotically pressing play for the footage for some kids I'd never even seen before. <laughs> even though I was showing off and I was loving this newfound attention, no matter the source, I was getting a bit sketched out. Lunch was nearly over and we were about 10 deep in the bathroom watching it on repeat and talking over each other about the logistics of an organ none of us had actually <laughs> ever seen. I decided to stop the video and get out while I could, but there was a displeased newcomer. He wanted to see the video, but the day's performance had ended before he could. The kid pushed me up against the wall at maybe the worst time possible as the principal walked in to determine the hubbub right at the moment that my scrawny self was being threatened. We were marched single file down to the principal's office. We were each given a slip of paper and told to write down what was happening in the bathroom bathroom i tried to convey to my peers through meaningful eye contact what they should not be saying but apparently my eyes are only meaningful to me because every single student but myself and the boy who introduced me to the wall were sent to this class scot-free the boy had mentioned my ipod which was already verbatim enough at middle school even though he did not know the true contents he wishes he did know that whatever i was showing was pornographic and that it might lighten the sentence if he was maybe to mention that fact he got suspended for two days I was alone with the principal who immediately had me pull up the video. I showed it to him. Even if I had already learned my learned every frame by route in the bathroom, this play and the next were the ones that ensured it would never leave my memory. <laughs> he was ashamed and informed me that it was completely fake. The jury is still out on that one personally because it's a pretty darn well-produced video. <laughs> he called my mother, didn't mention any specifics, and she came down to the school. I showed the video to her. I was suspended for two weeks and grounded for longer. I got an earful from my father on the phone when he heard what happened. I haven't seen the video since, and I probably could see the fakery now but regardless limewire porn probably had a larger impact on me than any other attention starved dweeb who ever lived wow holy <sighs> wow it's incredible wow who was that in andy b andy andy b wow. you fucking rock yeah you're my All new right. hero <sighs> so this is josh um hey guys and gal if you're there bj caught watching porn Whoa. All capitalized <laughs> with exclamation point. First of all, my dad had a great collection. He hid it in a box next to the VCR. Don't know if that's really hiding, Josh, but okay. <laughs> Not hiding at all. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of porn to watch and learn from. All the greats were represented. When I was 10, I started digging in. Damn, Daniel. Um, I used the zero... <laughs> I used the zero counter on the VCR. Good job, Josh. So I could rewind the exact spot I started so Dad wouldn't get wise. I was 13 and out of school for the summer. I settled in to watch some bedtime tales while Dad was at work. I was mid-stroke when I heard the front door open. Dad was home early. I tried my hardest to abort, and he never said anything. But I feel like he knew what was going on. Love the show. Josh. Josh, you are awesome if you went three years that young without getting caught. Yeah, man. Holy and your dad obviously wanted you to watch the porno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, that was a setup. <laughs> that was a invitation. Yeah. <clears throat> it's so good. Amazing. All right. I'm, I've, I don't have any more. So does that mean it's our time to tell our stories, Brad? Yes. I'll um... – Yours is probably going to be great, so I will go with my masturbation story. I never got right. caught. I never got caught watching porn. I was really uh, good at um, not letting that happen. Um, so mine was a masturbation story where I got caught, and it was 
it's not like anything major happened. It was just truly embarrassing. So um, to preface the story, uh, my whole family was in town, basically, like my grandma, my great grandma, um, my grandpa, uh, aunt and uncle. Uh, they were all staying at my parents' house, our house. So went to bed, you know, whatever. I'm going to get naked. So I get naked. I'm laying on my back. Um, I take off my shorts and I would take Now, this was like a regular thing that I would do at night. So I took my would take my shorts and kind of I, I would fall out of bed a lot uh, when I was little. So I always kind of had this chair next to my bed. Um, so I would drape my shorts, my boxer shorts over that chair. So, you know, it was late at night. I've been in bed for like an hour. No one's going to fucking come in. So I just start going to town. My mom that night forgot to give me a kiss goodnight. So she <laughs> comes in to think that I'm sleeping and, you know, turns on the light. And I'm like wide awake with a pillow on top of me because I'm like kind of like making making love to the pillow here. Um, this was last year, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, you know, making making some dirties with the pillow. Mom comes in and she like picks up the shorts and it's like, what is this? And why is your pillow? What are you doing? <laughs> and then my dad comes in and it's like a fucking, like a fucking sitcom. He's like, what's going on, Karen? She's like, I don't know. His shorts are out here. He's not sleep. What are you doing with the pillow, Brad? Then grandma comes in. <laughs> hey, what's going on over here? It's just like the whole family's like waking up and kind of making their way to my bedroom and basically, I'm laying there naked while my mom stands over me with my shorts <laughs> in her hand. Oh, like, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm never going to get another erection in my life. So, anyways, <laughs> they all went to bed and I jerked anyway. Um, <laughs> and that's how I got caught masturbating for the first time. Nice. And only time. So Nice. I I don't think I have any stories of, my, of, of me getting caught. Because I always had to be super stealthy because when i was younger i was taught uh there's this track like you know those little religious tracks you know the little black chick tracks those little black ones the little comic books yeah well, chick was, tracks they're the best yeah well there was one and i was pretty impressionable there was one that basically uh said that if you masturbate and watched porn you were going to end up gay and go to hell dude i love dick dude <laughs> the logic behind that makes <clears throat> No sense. Which basically means by now I would definitely be uh, gay. Apparently, as much as I freaking jerked it as and and still do. Um, well, I guess they're kind of right because I did end up a little gay. So, <laughs> whoops, oopsie. Yeah, I think we're all a little gay. So maybe maybe this is right. Maybe maybe I've I've uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we did talk about who we would do yeah, the other sex I, yeah, on one episode. I know, huh? So, yeah. well, you know. Ryan Reynolds, you're still mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always like super stealthy if any any of that was going to happen. Uh, I had a few close calls, but I think I was always able to uh, to, to get out of it. Um, although I think one time my brother walked in just as I was about to uh, mm, hump a that's weight. That's the bench. worst. Or something. Pump like a weight bench. Uh, uh, There's a weight bench right by the shower in a big basement kind of shower room. But, uh, I don't know if he actually saw it. I don't know, but uh, it was pretty awkward. That's pretty the only thing I can think of. All right. So 
I have, I have two. There we two. go. We've all confessed. BJ. I have, I have two. Oh God. Um, I'll tell <laughs> the one that's not a so like the one that's a like a getting caught having sex one. Um, first because it's shorter and not porn related, and the, the you know that's kind of the point of the contest. So gotcha. Um, the sex one is that uh, I lost my virginity very early because I blossomed very early. And uh, my room growing up was in the basement, but it wasn't so underground that I didn't have windows. Like I had like those little tiny windows right above my head. And if you look up, you can see pretty much people's feet, you know, walking past. Yeah. Well, my parents were having a get together with a bunch of their friends and they were sitting at like the, like the table in the backyard. And my boyfriend at the time and I were downstairs and we had, you know, just done it for the first time, probably two weeks previously. And, uh, we decided, you know, that we had discovered the greatest thing in the world and we needed to do it as much as possible. So we were like, fuck it, let's do it. And I was like, well, my parents have friends over and they're like, they're all outside drinking. No one will know. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Fuck it. Let's do it. So we're doing it. And I had been on top most of the time, but we flipped and then I was on the bottom and like, it was seriously something on a movie. I leaned my head back on the pillow and looked up and I could see through the window. And there was my mom, like right in the window, like somebody had like dropped something and it had rolled towards that window. And she was on her hands and knees looking for it. And we made eye contact and she immediately <laughs> got up and ran away and we've never talked about it and we never will. Um, <laughs> wow. So there's that. That one's good. Um, but the porn story is, uh, Quite possibly the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, shout out to my former roommate, Kyle. Uh, he's a drag queen. He's wonderful. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> before we were roommates, we lived on the same dorm floor. And we both had kind of an open door policy for each other's rooms. Unless we wrote on like the dry erase board if we had a visitor or whatever. Um, my code was always the chamber of secrets has been open enemies of the air beware. I'd put that on my dry race board and that let him know, don't come in here because either I have somebody in here or I'm doing something in here. Uh, one day I forgot to put that on the door and, uh, I had a loft bed in college. Like my desk was underneath it. So I was up on my loft bed. And if you've been into any college in America, you don't get like fancy, nice wooden bunk beds. You get, rickety ass metal scary prison bunk beds <laughs> so i'm on top of my prison bunk bed made entirely out of what's probably repurposed dr pepper cans and i have my laptop and i have my hitachi magic wand for those of you who are unfamiliar with the hitachi magic wand if you put sandpaper on this thing you could cut down a tree <laughs> the torque on these things is ridiculous ridiculous so I'm on top of the bed doing my business, watching porn, headphones in when my lovely future roommate barges in to my room. Clearly I hit panic mode, but in hitting panic mode, I pull the Hitachi, which is so big <laughs> that it pulls the headphones out of the jack so that it's just like blaring porn in my room from my laptop. In the frenzy of trying to shut my laptop, I drop the Hitachi, which hits the on switch on the rickety metal and then just vibrates against this metal for like 
what felt like an eternity. I'm in a loft bed, so there's no way of getting down, like, quickly by any stretch of the imagination. And my fat ass is not jumping off of a ladder. So I have to, like, slowly, with my pants and my ankles, climb down this ladder, turn off the Hitachi, while all the while... My flamboyantly gay future roommate is in tears. He is laughing so hard. And he's like rolling around screaming. And I'm like, Kyle, shut the fuck up. This isn't funny. He's like, no, this is the best thing of my life. This is the best day of my life. He's cracking up. I finally get off the bed, get everything turned off, only to realize at this point he has left the door open. So everyone on my floor can hear what's happening. They couldn't see it, but they could hear it. God bless America. I'm very sorry. Higgins Hall, floor 13 <laughs> during 2010. My bad. That's awesome. So, uh, oh my God. So there you go. That's amazing. <laughs> Aren't you glad we got more than five submissions? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and this... the, the best part is that's, that's not even the first time Ugh. that he had walked in on something like that. But... That was the most dramatic wow. and horrifying oh, man. of all the situations. The, the crawl down, the climb down from the bed must have been the most, the, the longest thing ever. Oh, it was terrible. And because, again, it's a loft bed in a college, so there's not an angle ladder. It's just <laughs> straight up and down. Like, you have to pretty much scale a wall to get down. It was terrible. Oh my God. This has been yeah. fantastic. You're uh, welcome, listeners. You're wow. welcome. Um, I don't know if, we're going to have like a contest that's this entertaining ever in the future. This may have topped it, but I hope so. I, I, I love having listeners write in. It's fantastic. So we'll definitely keep doing this. Uh, I think it adds a lot of value to the show. All right. We're going to do a drawing here. I'm mixing everything up and uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Got something here. And then we're going to um, pick best story. Yep. Brandon C. Brandon C. Oh, yeah, yeah. You did that. You did it, son. Bam. You won the smut, sucker. <laughs> awesome, Brandon. Uh, I'll, we'll drop you a line via email. Uh, I'll get your address, and I will send this box of uh, beautiful smut from Vinegar Syndrome out to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> We're now going to choose... Uh, bonus round, Brad. You have uh, something to give away. What? What? Did you I have? have. It's not porno. It's just we have to do um some giveaways from. <laughs> this is kind of funny because now magnet and uh I think this is Welgo or magnet. Basically, Tony Yaz, uh Killzone Two on Blu-ray. We have a copy to give away. Um, so I figured because Sean mentioned. Uh, to pick the best story as the winner, which would probably make more sense, but would also make the show probably go on for another 30 minutes discussing, which is what, and we'll all have different <laughs> opinions. Um, so I think we can come to a conclusion of kind of, uh, the best story. Um, I think we all should tell our best stories, our favorite stories of the bunch and the go from there. All right. So BJ. I just put food in my mouth. Hold on. Wow. (laughs) Are we going to have another story after this? You just got caught. (laughs) Yeah, putting shredded cheese in my mouth like a homeless person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My personal favorite was uh, probably the the LimeWire porn download 
uh, getting in trouble in seventh grade. That that's just really funny to me. Like <laughs> I just had like this visual of all these little kids huddled around like a shitty bathroom stall in a public school <laughs> trying to argue the logistics of whether or not a human head could fit inside a vagina. That makes me <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, I enjoyed that one too. I don't know. I think the mask. Uh... That was my close second. Yeah. Sean, I yeah. think you got to – do you have – do you like either one? So you uh, can... Well, I, I liked both of those. I also like Steve's uh, story about uh, uh, Uncle it's Uncle Richard. Was it Richard or – Oh, yeah. That but, one was um, pretty good too with oh all the God. jock itch. The jock itch. Yeah. yeah. That was my second. Yeah. Um, I definitely laughed the most at that one. But, um, I mean, Brad, since, you're, since it's your thing, man, I'll have, I'll have you be the, the – you know. Can you just draw names of those three? Because now I feel like, now Hold I feel on. like, uh, Hold on. we didn't who, come to, well, who's uh, who, who, who was the mask one? Uh, that was, uh, Joey, right? No, no, it's not Joey. Oh, I don't remember. And I closed my computer. God damn it. God Sean, you have them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So I have Steve, Andy. And Paul, uh-huh. I'm putting these three into a hat here. I'm gonna shake it up, and uh, let's see who wins this bitch. Is it your fedora? No. Oh. Is it your Jenkos? Did you make a hat out of <laughs> no, your Jenkos? It's just it's a it's, it's a cheap hat I got. The brand is called Kurtz. I don't know. All right, so basically, here we go. Here we go. Moment of truth. You got Kill Zone Two on Blu-ray, and then right. you can masturbate afterwards. Andy B. Mm. Oh yeah, my winner, my winner. You are the winner right. of Kill Zone Two. Congrats on the LimeWire porn. Hope that's the only virus you ever got in life. <laughs> All right, we'll be sending you an email uh, to get your address as well. So there we go. Oh, where where the other? I got. I, I better keep these down. I better write these down. Uh, Brandon, there you go. There's there's yours. Okay. Awesome. <clears throat> I gotta All keep right. myself organized, or else uh, people won't get their prizes. Uh, apologies to the Magnolia people who won, who still haven't received those things. Uh, yeah, it's we'll like it's out. gonna happen. So basically, long story short, Sean um, was on vacation. I recently moved into a new house, so. Um, I am getting them together once I find what box they are in, and we will mail them out momentarily. I was so I was the idiot that uh, kept forgetting to send Brad the addresses. Yeah. So you know, so it's going to happen. We're not going to flake out on that. No. So you, you'll get them soon. <clears throat> all right, man. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys for participating in this contest. This has been the funnest one we've done yet, and uh, th- this is great. So, uh. <clears throat> I guess that's going to do it for this week's show. Yeah, go visit our sponsors, yo. What's up? I said go visit our sponsors, yo. Visit our sponsors. Uh, Definitely check out Vinegar Syndrome and all their their movies. Uh, The July package is shipping very soon. Um, And also, shout out to Grindhouse Video. Order everything you possibly can through them. Grindhousevideo.com and uh, Wolfman of Mars, of course, for supplying the music. And Kevin Spencer for designing our logo. 
Also, if you want some uh, awesome coffee, go to uh, check out Coffee Shop of Horrors. And uh, I think that's it, right? One of us. One of us on net. of course. They're the reason. Uh, they're the reason. They're the reason for the season. <laughs> all right. Like well, thank Jesus. all of you guys for listening. Uh, we'll talk to all of you guys next time. Yeah, bye. Bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.